You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Talk Recorded live. Hi, welcome to G2 Hardcore, and tonight we have three weeks worth of comics, but we're not talking about all of them. But first, no. oh, is, hi to Tej. Hey, Tej. Hi, Holly. Yes, yes, uh, we, we left you alone for a couple of weeks because I was sick. And I was like, nope, nope, no, 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 Holly, can't make it, can't make it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and before that, I had a death in the family, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but how are you, Holly? I feel I'm like good. I haven't talked to you in forever. I know. <laughs> we haven't, I haven't been on Twitter much or anything. I've just been dead. I, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't been on Twitter at all. I've actually turned the notifications off, except for Kimmy, um, because she DMs me all the time. Right. So other than that, nobody and and you, nobody can can send me anything because of all the Wonder Woman spoilers, so, right. yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, speaking of movies coming up, uh, Wonder Woman's mm. coming out, what, June 2nd? Yes. Yeah, next next week, next week Friday, yeah. It's oh finally gosh. here. Oh, my gosh. Next week Friday, uh, some people around the world, including South Africa, have already seen the movie. Wow. Uh, I tried. Yeah, I tried to get tickets for this. And you know me, it if I know something is happening with with DC, uh-huh. I'm like the first in line and I could not get tickets for oh. this event. Um yeah, they they did a live thing uh on Instagram where they posted the pictures of the lines for people waiting to get into this Wonder Woman uh VIP event. Mhm. It was ridiculous because it was, A, below freezing, and people had to pile into this warehouse, right? Um, wow. That was the only place big enough that they could accommodate everybody. Right. And and a warehouse, not very warm, right? Okay? Right. Um, it's, not the very, it's not a very comfortable setting, but they say there was over near, uh, quite clearly you can see there's like 900 people Oh, there. nice. And and they did the final count, and they said it was almost a thousand people that turned up. They had to tell people, "Sorry, we can't accommodate you." Right. Um, there's another fan event happening on the 31st of May mm-hmm. in South Africa. I can't get tickets for that. Yeah. I've tried every. I'm like bribing people. I'm calling people. I'm like, "I'll pay you a hundred bucks. Just get me in," you know. And like, yeah. they're like, "Sorry, it's tickets are sold out." So, wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and it's not not just uh, women, men too, yeah. turning up in in masses. Yeah, right. So yeah, so we, um, yeah. we had some sad movie news this week. We had some very tragic movie news. Um, more on the personal side, uh, Zack Snyder will be stepping off 
any further duties towards Justice League because he had a horrific thing happen in his family. His eldest daughter from his previous marriage uh, committed suicide. She was only 20 years old. So my condolences and sympathies go out to the Snyder family because that is just, I mean, it's, it's something that is so horrible to happen to somebody who, uh, whenever you hear anything about Zach and his family life and, and the way he, he um, you know, takes care of his, his children and stuff like that, and the, and the way he just loves his family, you know, um, whenever you listen to people talking in interviews about Zack Snyder or whenever you read an interview and and also as well when you when you saw the responses on Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff when people found out what happened, you know, people are like Zack Snyder and Deb Snyder are the best people in the world. They are kind. They are humble. They are, you know, they, they live a good life. They are good people. And for something like this to happen, it's just uh, horrible. Uh, and <laughs> Zack Snyder said something that makes you sort of take into consideration what he's been through with the, the amount of online hate towards the DCEU, towards his movies, towards him as just a person. You know, at the end of the day, he said, it is a movie and my family needs me more now. And as much as I love, you know, and care about the fans of this franchise, it is a movie and it puts, you know, it's horrible that it takes something this tragic to put it into perspective. But if that's what it takes for people to give Zach, uh, you know, a bit of slack and just a bit of leeway, it's, you know, fine. Uh, well, not fine. It's, I, I suppose, um, that's, that's what it takes. Um, and, you know, people said, people were saying horrible things that, oh, you know, he, he was too involved with Hollywood. And, oh, gee, man. You know, uh, yeah. And, you know, too involved with making his, his famous name and that sort of thing, that he didn't pay attention to his daughter. These people know and what? These people know absolute crap, zero, zero percent, because the the name of his daughter was Autumn. And um, if people remember correctly, the code name for Man of Steel was Autumn. And they had Autumn's name in the action comic font. And that is how much he cared about his his daughter. Uh, If you go back on his Twitter feed, when he was active on Twitter, he was supporting, she had a foundation that she started off very young because she had written um, a novel Mm -hmm. uh, about alienization and feeling like you'd never belong. And she had dedicated it to every single person who had felt like they didn't belong. And I guess, you know, that's just how she felt. And no matter what, um, you know, it, it's something she felt that was her only way. And people need to respect Zach and just step back, you know. Uh, it's 
and he and the thing is his his daughter committed suicide in March and he's still been working on this movie ever since March. He's been working for us. He's been working for the fans. Uh Warner Brothers said that they would push Justice League to next year to give him space to give him time. And he said no way is he going to do that. Uh, because he he made a commitment to November 17th, and that's when Justice League will come out. And, you know, if people still think Zack Snyder is like the devil or whatever, y'all need to get a life. Because yeah, he's just a human being. He's a human being, and the dedication he's shown to his art, to his craft, I mean, you know, it's it's like just back off. From him, it's it's really you really see the ugly side of humanity when it comes to Zack Snyder. Um, and the just the day before uh, this was announced, uh, a public uh, film critic journalist in America, uh, her, I'm gonna call out her name was Lindsay Ellis. She came out and she said, "This is this is the this is the type of media people that attack Zack." She came out and she tweeted somebody, oh, I have it on good authority that Zack Snyder hated his mother. And what? He, she didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Listen to this, right? She didn't know that his mother had passed away and that he had dedicated his first original film, uh, Sucker Punch, which right. is the, when I watch it, it's, I don't care what anybody else says, but it, it's feminism to me. It is woman fighting and showing the strength of human capacity to overcome tragedy. And for me, it's a beautiful movie. It's one of my favorite movies. And he dedicates that to his mother. And then so people, you know, fans of Zach were like, what about this? You know, he dedicated this movie all about them, you know, the, the power of the female mind, you know, to his, his uh, late mother. And she's like, oh, well, I didn't know that. Well, she should um, keep her fingers off the damn keyboard. Exactly. And then she goes and deletes the tweet. Because she's a twat. Because she's a twat. But she leaves one tweet where it says, uh, don't go after Zack Snyder on Twitter because his uh, fans will come after you. And I'm like... Damn right. We, yeah, we, came, we, came, we came after you because you were lying. And, yeah, when I when I called her out, I said, you know, forget integrity, journalistic integrity, just have hum, human integrity to go and research something, just Google it if you're a professional, you know, because she was bragging about her, she's got a master's degree or whatever in journalism and film arts, whatever. Not and in humanity, though. No, not in humanity, and I told her, you know, if you had just done a quick Google search, don't even have to research, you know, a lot Considering you're a journalist, you should know what research is. <laughs> I went after this lady. I was not very nice. And I told her, if you could just have an ounce of humanity to go and check it out, um, and the reason why we're attacking you is because you're lying and you're a horrible person. So she blocked me. Oh, darn. And I'm like, I'm, I, you know what? I'm like, at least she read it. At least, at least she knows people know she's a bitch. And she's a horrible person. Yeah. 
Well, she's an but, example of what journalism is putting out in a master's degree. They don't even do research. They just say whatever the freak they want and claim it's a fact. Well, I'm a professional. Exactly. Uh, then the world's in a whole hell of a lot of trouble. It is because, you know, we, there was there was this thing in South Africa as well where people are just claiming stuff and they're not doing any research now. And a lot of the older generation who are illiterate, right, uh, because of apartheid and stuff. Right. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's fake news that is being right. propagandized against different uh, opposition parties, you know, because our president's a thug and a hooligan and a mafia. And um, it, it's, it's, People just don't care. They just put whatever they want out there. They get a, they get like a few hundred retweets and it's it's viral and you know they put it on Facebook and stuff. In in South Africa, Facebook is a very big thing, and they just they have no research, no quotes, no anything backing it. They just blast stuff on on social media and it's it's fake. It's lies. They're lying to the people and. It's horrible. It's like, what happened to, you know, integrity and speaking the truth, you know, and shaming the devil, you know, all those sorts of things. that well, They want to kiss the devil now. They don't want to shame him. Exactly. And it's it's just horrible. But, yes, um, getting back on track, uh, yeah, my, my heartfelt condolences to the Snyder family. And if they need to take as much time as they want, you know, it, it's, it pales in comparison to us, you know, asking or screaming for Man of Steel 2 or whatever it is, you know, if they need family time, take it, you know. I know I'm, <laughs> I'm no authority to, to, to say that, but, you know, it's, it's it's some sort of support. Right. Well, mm-hmm. and I think, I don't know. Remember how how long ago back we said they're filming Man of Steel 2 while they're filming Justice League. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, you know, this is probably why Zach thought he could take time. Now, did you mention Whedon? No, I didn't get to Whedon yet. Um, Yes, the person named to, um, I don't want to say direct because that's not what Warner Brothers used. The word word that Warner Brothers used was to assist uh, Zack Snyder in shooting a couple of scenes. Um, And it didn't sound like they were... It's more like they were fight scenes rather than. You know. it, it, uh, some of them are fight scenes uh, because they did mention that they need to get uh, the stunt crew back at Livingston Studios, um, which is where they do all their green screen stuff and things. But what really rung a bell for me was uh, Charles Roven, who's the um, producer on all these movies, right. since Batman Begins. Um, is he with Legacy? Mentioned, is, is he? Who's his production company? Is that Legacy? 
legendary. Or legendary. Or... I need to start with an L. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that that's what um, because they signed a contract with the uh, Warner Brothers as well. But anyway, whatever his production company is. Um, he did an interview when he was doing all the rounds now for the press conferences and stuff for Wonder Woman. Right. And um, he mentioned, you know, one journalist asked him, and it's a video, so that's why I trust it, uh, where you actually see Charles speaking. And uh, he says, you know, um, they haven't done any reshoots. They are planning on it because there's a lot of... um, you know, um, shifting around because Amy Adams is doing sharper objects. Henry Cavill is doing Man of, uh, not Man of Steel, Mission Impossible, and Aquaman. You know, Jason right. Momoa is filming Aquaman. They're filming Aquaman in Australia right now. Right. And what has happened is he said that um, Aquaman, the Aquaman scenes that they need for Justice League. Mm-hmm. will be done by James uh, Wan, who is the director of Aquaman, right. and he's just going to send that over to them. Um, and then he said they need to do scenes with cyborgs. I'm thinking maybe that's more CG that they need to do. Right. Um, and then he said they need Henry and Amy for a scene that Zack Snyder wrote very recently and he wanted to add it to the end of the movie. It's not going to change the overall story. It's just an additional character moment. Well, you know what that tells me. And... That tells me it's either the wedding or... Oh, no, it know. tells me, oh, we're going into Man of Steel. Uh, that's what it tells me. It tells me that it's something Man of Steel that is going to propel them forward because Amy Adams said the man of steel's a goal, right? They asked her, she did an interview now for Sharper Objects, which is this um, TV series, TV mini movie that she's doing where she plays an intrepid journalist searching for the truth. Um, I'm definitely watching that. But, uh, you know, she did an interview for that when they wrapped uh, recently and she said um, man of steel, as far as she knows, is is a go-ahead. Man of Steel 2. So, yeah, as far as I know, Man of Steel 2 is happening. And, and I think that's um, one of the reasons that Zack didn't want to push Justice League back. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yeah, past November because he wants to get Man of Steel out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and the way he said it, the way he said it, he said he's, he's made a commitment. And he's not going to falter from that commitment. Right. And from what I've heard from, because Warner Brothers has been out, they've been, uh, they did a licensing expo for um, all the new stuff that will be coming out for Justice League, especially. Right. So at the licensing expo is when they announced that Zack Snyder will be stepping down for, for, to, you know, go and be with his family and uh, he has personally elected Josh Whedon to take over. And when I, when, I, when I look at it that way and when I look at who the production people are around 
Justice League. You, you know, people have to remember Ben Affleck's uh, a producer on this. Um, uh, fine, Deb, uh, Deb Snyder is, is probably dealing with family issues at the moment, but Deb always said, you know, when she when Bam, Batman v Superman came out and there was all that negativity around Zack, she said her job is to protect what Zack's vision is. Right. And if she's the, still the producer on Justice League, a hundred percent she's going to protect his interests. Oh yeah. So. I don't think Josh, you know, people are like making such a big thing. And it, and the the thing is why I trust this and why I have faith, I think more, more is the word, is because they said it's written by Zack Snyder, the scene. And he's just told Josh Whedon to just help him out and be like a second unit directing thing. Right. Well, and, and think, that's what it's yeah. like. It's he's a second unit director basically exactly yeah yeah and you have second third fourth unit director oh, yeah. in big movies all oh, yeah. the time yeah yeah so well I, my uh, comment was i don't trust Whedon, <laughs> but and if no, he, yeah <laughs> and if he forgets if he puts in a memory losing kiss i'm going after him but um you know i don't think zach's going to be sitting in a lawn chair in the pool this whole time. He's going to be getting phone calls. He's going to be, you know, he's a creative guy. I think he's going to spend time with his family, yes, but I don't think he's going to be shut down from everything else, you know, work-wise. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you know, they're going to work it out, but he's going to, you know, that's this is his life, and it's Deborah's life, too, and, and obviously the kids are involved mm-hmm. to some extent. You know, this is their life. Dad's a director, mom's a producer, you know, and this is what they do, and this is what, you know, this is our, you know, that's what they've been raised up with and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, I don't, want to, I don't want to put it that casually, but people have problems. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you could be the the best parent in the world, and your kid could have mental problems or emotional issues or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and so... Basically, they, to me, Zach's just gathering everybody up, making sure everybody's okay. It's a healing process, you know? And mm-hmm. I think, but I don't think that he's going to be, you know, yeah, he's got, okay, so what are some of the things that he didn't have to do, you know, when push came to shove? Well, I'll get Whedon to do the second unit work on these, you know, these few scenes here. But it's mm-hmm. not going to change yeah. the entire movie. And, and no, no. If, and if anybody thinks that he is not working on the next one or the the three other ones that they've got in the works or how many they've got in the works, they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- you know, he, he, he can work his schedule around so he, you know, I have this amount of time. I mean, Spielberg did it all the time when he married what's her yeah. name. She said, hey, 5 o'clock, he's out of here. You yeah, know? well, what's her name? Um, was it Kathleen Kennedy? No. No. The, uh, the other one. The actress. The, the one, the, the one that was Doom. in Temple of Doom. Yeah. Cat <laughs> something? No. Kate? It was also a cat or a Kate, so, yeah. yeah. It, Her. When they got married, you know, they, they were going to, they, 
you know, we're starting a family together, and basically, you know, he said, yeah, drag my ass out of there. Mm-hmm. So she did. Yeah, you know, uh, for people who think Zack Snyder is just going to sign off and right. walk away, no. Right. no. Because this is, I hate to use this word, but this is his baby. Um, He's been working towards Justice League since, I think, the very first comic book he ever picked up. Um, it, it, you know, when he talks about even Wonder Woman, because lo and behold, he wrote the script for Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, he's a very creative guy. He's a very busy guy. If people think he's going to be sipping martinis, lounging in the pool while his kids, you know, play water fights, it ain't happening. It might happen like a few hours in an afternoon, but it's not going to happen the whole time. Yeah. I can picture Zack Snyder doing that, watching his children water fight while he sips a martini and probably is doing like a Skype call with Joss to check he's not, you know, effing up everything. Um, <laughs> Dude, don't listen, F up my I don't movie. Trust, I will come after you. Yeah, listen, I don't trust Josh Whedon as far as I can throw him and right. I don't have a lot of upper body strength and he's a big man, so probably not very far. I don't know. Yeah, he's he yeah, he's 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 a he's a nerd. Okay, he, he yeah, like he's like those He's a Tito basement living nerd. Yeah, that's that's what he looks like. Okay. And anyway, um I'm not one to comment <laughs> overweight as well. But anyway, yeah, I understand. Um, what the but, heck? But yeah, uh I don't think you know, people think Josh Whedon's going to walk in and take over. Right. Uh-uh. No, that's no not way. happening. No, 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 no. <laughs> they got too much happening. in the can for that already. So they like they like just need somebody who's used to. Um, and the rumor is that that what really happened is that he wanted Ben Affleck to take over. Oh, but Ben couldn't. But but Ben couldn't because Ben's going through his own drama. Exactly. Drama, right. Exactly. Yeah. So he turned to somebody who. He knows can handle big right. budget Who knows movies. the pace and knows the the seriousness. The angle, yeah, yeah, right. right. But the 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 fact that I keep resting on and the fact that I keep coming back to is that it's written by Zack Snyder. These scenes and when when you say written by, he doesn't just hand you a script. Zack Snyder also hands over storyboards that he has drawn yeah. himself. Yeah, we've seen them. So, so yeah. Yeah, we've seen them. So, I mean, the the man is is so creative. He also does concept art. So, uh, we we've seen some of the Man of Steel concept art that he did. Um, uh, you know, and Kimmy has uh the art behind Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, and she has a special edition where Zack Snyder drew something in the cover of the book. So. That's the type of creativity that that this man has. Right. Um, But more than that, more than that, Zack Snyder is dedicated to his soul to this franchise. And that's where I think, even if Josh Whedon shoots these scenes, and if it's horrible, and if he doesn't follow instruction, he'll cut them out because he doesn't need them, right? Uh, or he'll call Amy and Henry back and they'll shoot it in his backyard or something. I can see him doing something like that. 
Just put a big um, green tarp in the background and go for it. Yeah, they, that's all they need to do. They're like, just go for it. You acted it before. Just do it again, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't we'll have think the CGI be guys clean it up. Okay. Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be a magic kiss. Um, yeah. I think if going forward, Josh Whedon is also going to do a bad girl movie. Um, and so I this think is a test for him as well. It's a test for him, and there's a specific tone that you have to follow with and abide by when right. you're doing a DC movie. Exactly. Uh, because reactions from Wonder Woman is that it hasn't left that Man of Steel tone. It is in the DCEU universe. Well, it now, has not. I've seen clips. There's a lot more mm-hmm. humor in Wonder Woman than there was in Man of Steel. I think uh, from from what Kimmy's been trying to hint at me and not spoil the movie, I think we've seen all the funny. I, I think they they put all the funny out there and well, there um, have been a couple. I found for some reason somebody had it labeled I don't know something on YouTube, and I was looking at it. I was thinking oh, it was just going to be one scene, but then they had a bunch of other scenes that I have never seen in a trailer or anything. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I, I, I went, I went down the same rabbit hole as you. There's five yeah. scenes or six scenes. Yeah. And yes, I, I think know it's going to have about. a lot more humor than Man of Steel, but that's not saying much. Um, yeah, that's not saying much because according to Kimmy's seen the movie and she's trying not to spoil it for me, and I don't have her. What is she? She she went to a fan screening that she like oh. magically she got like one ticket she went in there and she watched it. She's a wheeler um, She could do it too, baby. That's cute. yeah. She she did it. She got in there. She she like bunked work and stuff and she went. <laughs> go Timmy. And uh, from what she said is that because I asked her right I said right. please tell me it is not funny and humorous. And you know all those sorts of it's things. It's not. Because no, it's not going to be a parody. It's no. That it's appropriate humor for. I mean, it's and, a fish out of yes. water story for one thing. So you're going to have what she humor told me. It. Yeah, yeah. What she told me is that the humor is not like a the the other company movies. Right. Um. You know. Uh. Because that's what I asked. I said I'm so frightened because everybody's reactions was. It's fun and blah blah blah, and I hate the word fun when they say that because it's not my fun. It's, it's like not plastic, Marvel you know? fun. It's not Marvel fun, you know, where you know. Oh, she I have said to it's laugh. Not, she said, yeah, because Iron yeah. Man made a funny. Oh, whoopee. Yeah, it's it's not like Iron Man peeing in his suit, you know, that sort of which happened. It happened. Oh my Nobody God. cut that out. I oh my God, I don't. I watched that. Ugh. Anyway, well, but the thing about said, it, it's comic relief in a in a in a set. I mean, you have to have comic relief in a movie, and I think that's one of our complaints was about Man of Steel. There was no comic relief, really. Right, and I think that's why they added characters like Etta Candy. Exactly, and and well, and and, and Etta was you, part of the original too, so you got to have Etta. She's part of the original, but. Originally, Etta wasn't a comic relief. You know, she was a nurse, so she's a pretty serious person. Um, but w- you know, what I'm trying to say is, they added comic relief because this movie, of all the movies, would have needed it. It's set in World War One. It's not a happy-go-lucky time. Oh heck, you no. know, it's 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 a scary 
drab, dreary, horrible, gloomy, dark, you know. Like Trevor says, welcome to Mario English. He goes, it looks like. (laughs) Exactly. And you go from Temascara, which is bright and beautiful and blue skies and blue seas, to London in the middle of World War One. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been very sad, but I think they got the balance right. From exactly. You what need the balance. Heard from, yeah. yeah, from what I've heard is that they got the balance right because you needed it. There is going to be dark moments. There is oh, going yeah. to be sad moments. And but they got the inspiration. You know you know when we keep talking about Man of Steel and we say, I don't care that there wasn't somebody going ha 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 he 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 ho 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 because at the end of the day, when Superman is flying up at that world engine and he is putting every single effort into helping and saving the world, right? you believe in him. It's inspiring. You're I don't care him what on. You're like, get him, Clark. Yeah, do it, Clark. Do it, do it, you know? And, and I don't know about you, but the first time I watched Man of Steel, I cried when he finally did it. And I was like, he saved us, you know, and I still get that feeling. And I, I was kind of blown away at that Christopher Reeve look. I was like, wait a minute. Was that Christopher Reeve? Sophie <laughs> Henry. Actually, they did a side-by-side of Christopher Reeve and Henry, and it's amazing those those Superman genes are, like, in the world, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, let's shift into Wonder Woman. They've had press screenings, they've had fan screenings, and the reaction is positive. So I wanted to know if I fell into an ultimate reality. You know, I was like, well, uh, DC movies getting like good reactions. Like people aren't, you know, it's it's dark and streaming and gloom and doom. You know. Well, I think and, they learned their lesson because, well, on both sides. I think mm. Warner Brothers learned their lesson that you don't cut out character scenes. Mm. You know, that ultimate cut should have been the theater cut of Batman versus Superman, okay? And you, and I, and you and know I, what? And I think that, that the critics learned that, hey, DC fans read your stuff too or they don't. And if you're going to be buttholes, they're just going to walk mm-hmm. away because they can always find somebody else who does a better job of reviewing right. stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Going back to the Ultimate Edition, uh, Deborah wanted that version to right. be put on screen. Right. And the powers that be that have now been changed Right, you must remember before Wonder Woman went into editing, um, there was a um, shift in powers at the DC oh, head yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Jeffrey, Jeffrey um, got <laughs> Jeffrey was like, I'm Jeffrey. in here. Jeffrey, Jeff, the job. Jeffrey, the job. Jeffrey, Jeffrey took off his cap and wore a suit to the premiere. I was very, very impressed. <laughs> um, but. Yeah. Is that Jeff uh, Johns in a suit? Okay. I, I didn't recognize him. He's gone. <laughs> but he's like, well, Bolt, 
You know, he's got oh, that, yeah. that Henry oh, Cavill look going. Oh, he works out stuff, even though he eats cereal all the time. I'm saying, dude, get off the cereal. It's bad for you. But you can't and, tell that. No, no. But, and, you know, dude came out in a suit and, you know, look, he didn't wear a tie, but, like, he shined his shoes and stuff. And I'm like, damn, like, Jeff, you're taking this seriously. I'm like, you're taking this seriously. I'm proud of you, Jeff. Well, you're getting paid um, big bucks. You better show off. I mean, come on. Yeah, he looked good, and, you know, he came out with uh, John Berg, who's the producer on all the future uh, DC movies. Right. And, um, you know, they, like, they said, you know, DC is what DC is, and DC fans love DC for being DC, you know, not for trying to be something else. And they said that the spirits of DC Comics um, is that when people tell you that you're wrong, you prove them wrong. You, you, you prove yourself right. And I was so inspired by that. I was like, oh, my goodness, these people are defending me, but what I love. And I think they know that they found their market um, because, like I said, Suicide Squad did $700 million without people like Holly going to watch it, you know. Um, Holly watched so the Wonder DVD. Was... No, it wasn't. Okay. The, it was a cloud. It wasn't the DVD. I'm sorry. It was the cloud. Okay. All right. But you know that's what I'm. That's what I mean. It's like. But that was Holly's go plan out. all along, people. Right, because you like you don't like villains and stuff. I don't and like I know. Yeah, like I know my my sister said, you know she doesn't like villains, so she's not gonna go and watch it. Right. But she's gonna go watch Wonder Woman because she wants to watch Wonder Woman. So. We have a market that's going to support these movies, right? And we've we've been burned by Batman v Superman, and we've learned. We don't. If you if you say this movie is crap or whatever, we're gonna go and judge it. Even if the, the critics saying the movie is good, I'm still going to judge Wonder Woman as Wonder Woman. You know, how did they give me the Wonder Woman I want? And I'm gonna probably rank it in the movie slots. You know, how does it rank against Man of Steel or B- Batman v Superman right. Ultimate Edition? Right. <laughs> um, I think there's a learning curve and I think DC fans you know, this was you know, it wasn't a Batman movie. Uh, uh, Batman and they movie. were building this whole universe. They were building the DC universe. And I think DC fans are forgiving in the sense that, okay, Man of Steel, yeah, you know, there's some really cool stuff in it and everything. I thought there should be more character moments. I know, you know, I thought Lois Lane should have got a Funko. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but you know, and then Batman versus Superman, the ultimate cut, not the theater cut, mm-hmm. the ultimate cut. Mm-hmm. They're starting to build those characters more. And I, yeah. there were some better things to like about, um, Batman versus Superman. Okay, and so then, mm-hmm. then they had Suicide Squad. Now some of us aren't into villains. Some of us aren't into the Suicide Squad. My plan was everybody else can go see it, and then if they liked it, then I might watch it on DVD. Which you know mm-hmm. people do that all the time with comics. Uh, you know I'm not reading the series yeah. one issue at a time. I'm going to wait till the trade paperback comes out. So yeah. now you know. You know, they got Wonder Woman, which should be, I don't want to say a whole other tone, but I think they've learned. And 
the Wonder Woman story has to be different in that it's a woman. Okay. Mm. She's a strong woman mm. in all facets of her being, not just physically, but emotionally, you know, and she's a fish and it's a fish out of water story. And mm-hmm. so you get those aspects. Plus she has characters like Etta Candy that can pipe up and say something that, you know, it's so truthful, but yet at the same time it's funny because, you know. And mm-hmm. then getting Chris Pine for Steve Trevor, Chris is never totally serious in any of no, his parts yeah. that he's played. So that always gives yeah. it a nice little, like, and, you know, Diana may be confused by this humor because, I mean, if you, you know, as you know, you know, if I went to, like, I went to England and I was saying stuff and phraseology and, and things uh, that are very American, and I, you know, it's just everyday chit-chat to us, but, the, you know, people in England look at me like, what does that mean? You know, they, yeah. and they you can't quite get the humor of it. Now, Scotland's a whole other story. I totally get Scottish humor. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. the and I think Wonder Woman... Yeah, they're building. They're building mm. this universe, and you're never going to see. Oh, let's go out for shawarmas in Ugh, in a DC. God. Yeah, you're never going to see that. You're going to see yeah. Bruce Wayne. You know, Flash. Look at Bruce Wayne, I'm, and you say, I'm "What's rich. your What's your superpower? I'm rich. I mean, I'm it's rich. the truth, and it's part of that character, but it's funny because everybody's like. Yeah, and we all could be Batman if we were a billionaire and, uh, yeah, and we were like a scientific, yeah. you know, a detective you know, analyst. You know? yeah. So, yeah. so um, and I think DC fans are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman has never been done before on the big screen in live action, not even in the old days like Batman and Superman were. Mm-hmm. When I say old days, I'm talking like 30s and 40s. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Wonder Woman has never been. She's had one animated movie she of her own. She's had a television yeah. series that was done in the 70s. Most of these people were born then, you know. Yeah, me. <laughs> right. So this is an exciting thing for DC fans. And it's a mm-hmm. lot of pressure. But I've seen these interviews with Patty Jenkins and everything. And I'm thinking, oh, they got the right person for the job on that. And did you see Gal Gadot on Jimmy Kimmel? Yes, I did. Oh, she's so, she is so okay. Everything. Oh, she's so you know. Somebody says, "Oh, they're so down to earth." I mean, Gail Gal is just like everybody else. I mean, it, she's like she, this whole you know. She's an actress, but she's like the whole. It doesn't really. It's not the Hollywood. She's not into the Hollywood scene. You know all that thing. You know. It's kind of like, you know, she can't believe. She, uh, she, they arrived from Israel, like, it's a 15-hour flight, okay? And so she arrives to mm-hmm. Israel, they get it down, and they see Times Square. Here's Gal, you know, Wonder Woman, and the big thing mm-hmm. on, in Times Square. And she's just like, what? <laughs> it's like, and, and no makeup. Have you no. noticed that? I love her Instagram videos because there's no makeup. She doesn't care if her hair is messy. You know, she doesn't care if her, her she looks frumpy or she can't look frumpy, but I'm just saying it. Well, everybody you know, looks frumpy once in a while. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, none of this. Like, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille, with her. I mean, she's she just had a baby, and they were talking about, you know, and we had read this, too, that, you know, they did some shots when Gal was, like, extremely <laughs> pregnant in the big belly. Uh, and so yes. how they shot uh, it was... Did, did you did you hear how they shot over that? I was laughing so yeah, much. Yeah, she said they put a big green diamond on her belly. Yeah. So they could see G.I. or belly away, you know? And so she's like, and, and Patty even said, for being pregnant, she just, you know, there's no, once she go, she goes for it, she does, there's no holding back. And mm-hmm. so you would think, you know, there's when you're pregnant, your center of gravity is not exactly great, okay? It's mm-hmm. a little off. So, But apparently she just went through those scenes like crazy with this gigantic child in her. And now the baby's two months old, so. But I saw her on Jimmy Kimmel, and she looks fabulous. And I'm sitting there going, golly, she is Wonder Woman. She mm-hmm. is so down to earth. She is, you know, she <laughs> she slipped and said that F-bomb. But, hey. But I love that. I love that. that. I, have, I, have like, the gift. I have the gift of that. I have the gift of that. She's like, oh, yeah. Because she's talking about all the recalls she had for Wonder Woman and roles before. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. F that, you know, because... <laughs> Uh, somebody else probably got it, and then she's like, "Oh no, I got it," you know. Um, but going back to, I want to pick up on what you said, where they've learned, right, right, right. And there was one article I read. Uh, it was either yesterday or today. I can't remember. But the reason why I know that they've learned from Man of Steel and BVS, they're the missteps that they've taken is right. because somebody somebody asked Patty Jenkins on the red carpets or you know or one of the interviews she was doing mm-hmm. they said is there going to be an ultimate edition or a director's cut of Wonder Woman right. you know when the DVD comes out and she said um you know Warner Brothers and the production crew keep asking me for cut scenes and I keep telling them there is none because what you see is what I wanted to put out there. Right. And this is where I know they've learned from where they took the misstep with BVS. Right. Is in BVS, they cut it the way they wanted it, the way Warner Brothers thought it would make the most money. And they, they, they favored Batman over Clark. And they favored... Um, Batman action scenes and Batman brooding right. over over Clark and Lois investigating. Right. And and you know I keep going back to Deb uh, Deb said you know there's these Clark moments that she really wanted in there but nobody wanted to put in there. And when we eventually saw it in the Ultimate Edition, we were like, why didn't you release? This movie. Right, exactly. And the, and the fans, the fans called Warner Brothers alternate. They said, you sacrificed Clark Kent. You sacrificed Lois Lane. You sacrificed the backbone of that story where it would have made sense to everybody who said it made nonsense, right? Right. And you sacrificed it for Batman. Well, and the other it, thing, it, 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 I mean, there were some real bloopers in there. Batman couldn't figure it out that Lex was behind it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, and, well, and here's my here's my gripe. Lois Lane would have need Lex Luthor in the ball on top of that now, tower. Now, apparently that that is the scene that was cut. There is a there is a full this thing in the six hour version, which we will one day hopefully get. But <laughs> uh, Zach ever put that the, together? In the six hour version, um. When they were talking to Deb Snyder in the Shanghai premiere of Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and she said, you know, they're talking about Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. And she said, oh no, it's DC women are just powerhouses because right. you know, and she and she says something along the lines of, you know, Lois knees Lex in the ball, not the balls, you know, but she said, you know, Lois knees uh, Lex, and you know, she tells it, I'm thinking. Deb, what you talking about? Well, see, I said that what? after I saw the film. I didn't know there was an actual scene actually filmed of that. But but it made sense to me. Lois would never have put up with that. She would have got her. Mm-hmm. She knew she was going to go over because he was going to throw her over. She would have need him in the balls before he threw now, her over. Now, you remember that scene on the helipad when right. just before he throws her, he turns her around. Yeah. Apparently, that's where the scene is cut, where she just gives it to him. And, like, proper gives it to him, you know? Like, he's not going to make any more children after that. Yeah. So He's going to be the last loser, uh, dude. You know, you cut scenes like that out, you cut character moments out. Exactly. Because that shows, that shows Lois Lane's tenacity. It shows what we love about her. Shit. Is that exactly? Is that you don't have to be? And I keep saying this. I should get a T-shirt, and I'm not taking away from Wonder Woman because I love Diana and Rebirth. You know, um, non-powered doesn't mean powerless. Right. And that's why I like Lois is because she does all the stuff that Superman and Wonder Woman do without being bulletproof, and it She's doesn't like- take away from Wonder Woman. No. It doesn't take away because she does her job. Right. But it doesn't take away from Lois either. It's not saying no. one is better than the other. Lois it's is like the... Ginger Rogers. You know, everybody says, oh, what a fantastic dancer Fred Astaire was. Yeah, mm-hmm. well. Ginger was better. <laughs> Ginger Rogers had to do it backwards and in five-inch heels. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there. Yeah, and she also had to make sure that she didn't cross any of the cameras so that right. they always get Frank's good side and Frank's uh, smile, Fred. like, on camera. Yeah, yeah, Fred, yeah. Oh, Fred, sorry, did I say Frank? Anyway. Yeah, um, that's the other guy. Who am I thinking? That's the other guy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get back to Wonder Woman. <laughs> uh, I think they have learned yeah. from what they've what they've done wrong because they I'm I'll, I'll admit it BVS is not a perfect movie but no. it it is for me one of my favorite movies of all time um but, flaws and everything but I flaws think, and everything but I think that that um. Once we saw the other film, like when we saw Suicide Squad, which got panned the hell out of before it came out, and then I actually liked it because one, it had better music than <gasps> that stupid Guardians of the Galaxies. 
And that's why, you know, but Josh is like, my son says, Mom, they got Warner Brothers, you know, library. They're going to be, I'm like, well, that's true. Most of the bands we like were. Anyway, um, but. That's true. I think mm. DC fans knows that, it, you know, these films aren't exactly perfect. Well, neither are the damn Mm-mm. Marvel movies. But. No, they, they know that the potential is there. And I think that Warner Brothers, Zack Snyder, those people are giving us saying, okay, yeah, we know we screwed up here. And Zack's like, I told you we should have done it this way. I think, you know, <laughs> and I think because the ultimate cut did so well in DVD and, and all the hoopla about it, like, why didn't you put this in the theaters? That gave Zack mm-hmm. and his company and the people that were, you know, like John's and stuff, more cred to face down the, you know, the bean counters at Warner Brothers and say, uh, no, we're going to do it this way. And so mm-hmm. that gives yeah. Yeah. DC fans hope, too. And I think the better, the films are going to get better. They're not going to, because they are, you know, they are busting their butts to get them to be the best that they can possibly be. And, you know, and Mm-hmm. There is all that political brouhaha and, you know, well, you know, you're over budget here and uh, we're going to cut this, you know, because we think people like Batman better than Superman. Well, no, not really. If you give us a decent <laughs> Superman story, uh, we really dig that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, going back to BVS the Ultimate Edition, um, it's now become the most successful DVDs, Blu-rays ever, ever in the history of home entertainment. It is wow. the most successful Blu-ray. Uh, it just overtook both Titanic 3D and Avatar and every other movie. Really? So, you don't hear that, do you? And you wonder why. You wonder why. Probably because the people who didn't go and see it in cinema heard from the fans who said, hey, this movie is not as bad as the critics say it is. And they watched it, and they said, yeah, we like this movie. You should go watch it. You should go buy that DVD. And, yeah, you don't hear about it, but it is. An article was published. Uh, I saw it on Zack Snyder's, um, I think it was his uh, viral feed. And uh, Clay Evans, the uh, who does the um, the photography for all the DC movies and stuff? He said, um, "Yeah, no, this this fax is right. Warner Brothers confirmed it with the whole BVS team and stuff, and they gave them little commemorative brooches and things." So, really? Yeah. Cool. Mm, yeah. So yeah, so it's only it, going to get better, folks. And I think Wonder Woman is going to like. She's going yeah, to. I, think... I think she's going to be setting the bar. And I think, mm-hmm. okay, the next few movies to come out, especially the since if they're Superman and Batman, you guys are going to really have to, you know. I think we're going to get the two best superhero movies of this modern era this year. I think Justice League, it, they've learned. Yeah. I, think right. Zach, I think Zach knows what the fans want, which is we love Superman, bring him in, you know, put him in there. Uh, we love Henry as Superman. Put him in there. Uh, we love Amy as Lois. 
put them in there, you know. Um, I don't think it's going to be the, the big bad Batman show. And I think this trailer, when they say, when they're actually making fun of Batman, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah. There's a lot of jokes you know, about Batman. The, yeah, and, you know, Aquaman surfing his, his car, you know. It's That's like, like the coolest thing ever. Just I'd go watch the like, movie just for that. Aquaman I, I surfing the Batmobile. And but you know it's the whole Batmobile, you know it's it's the Batmobile. Don't touch the Batmobile, you know. And Aquaman's just on the like stuffing it, and he's like, yeah, you know. Well, that's a very iconic American thing, anyway. It's a muscle car. Mm, right, always was is. a muscle car, and it's a Batmobile. Mm-hmm. So, but here you got fish sticks, who will never be called fish sticks ever again after Justice League, and definitely now after Aquaman. Is surfing the Batmobile. How cool a dude is that? I mean, come on. And you know what? It's like in Jason Momoa's character. Oh, yeah. He's just a cool dude. You yeah. Like, if I ever got the chance to meet Jason Momoa, I'd be like, dude, let's just go have some beers. You know, I just want right. to go and, like, be cool with you. Like, I just want to be in a, you know, like, whatever you do, I think it would be cool. Let's just hang. <laughs> yeah. Let's just hang, man. <laughs> On the Batmobile, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what I do love is that all the reactions say it's not changing the tone or the, the it's not like this drastic um, U-turn. You know, like how we always said about the New 52, they need to turn the bandwagon around and go in the opposite direction. Yeah. These movies aren't doing that with Wonder Woman. She's still going down that, that DCEU path. She's just doing it with a little bit more pizzazz. You know, it's, it's a little bit better. It's like they've learned from their mistakes, but they're saying, we're not going to change just because you say we should be, there should be more color or, you know, whatever. Right. Whatever, you know. But the reactions are good. Uh, I would still prepare for bad reviews because I just don't trust critics anymore. <laughs> well, okay, but here's the thing. Think how much, okay, what's been really prominent in the last six months? Fake news, okay? Mm-hmm. People are yeah. now against the media. I think it's, I think the last poll was there's only like 25% of the population trust the media. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of them. Right. I'm not I'm in the 75%. We're having a party. But yeah. But now I think these critics are going to have to take a step back and go, "Okay, I really have to review this movie." And you mm-hmm. know the thing about if they don't read DC comics, if they don't do any more research than Wikipedia, then mm-hmm. they're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah, that I uh, completely agree, one hundred percent. Is that people who think that the movie is just that they ha- they have to compare it to anything else that is out there? No, you know, movies are not apples to apples. It's apples to oranges to eggs to kale. You know that that's how movies are. It's because well, and it's that's expression. why there's, there's two huge comic book companies. You yeah. have it merged mm-hmm. into one for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, despite what the New 52 tried to do, the philosophies are completely different and exactly. should be. Exactly. Otherwise, they're going to yes, lose because, money. 
Yeah, because then there needs to be variety in the world. Variety is the spice of life, you know, and that's what I believe. If everything was the Marvel way, I wouldn't be reading comics or watching it movies based right. on superheroes. Right. So that's I'm sorry, but that's just my personal opinion. Okay. Is that I've tried. Here's I've tried. Thing. I've gave Marvel a chance. Right. <laughs> So everybody always talks about, oh, Iron Man's so cool. Iron Man was a is a drunk. He's a drunk. He has and uh, you know, and there's, and and Clark has a much better personality than Iron Man. You Batman know, like has a much better personality than well, Iron Man. Come but, on. But the thing about it is, is no, everybody no, always you know puts what, down you know Clark what? as being oh the Boy Scout. Hey, I like Boy Scouts. You want to know why? Because they do the right thing. They're gentlemen, and they have a lot of heart. Put yeah. a drunk in an I mean, iron suit and fly around and make, you know, shawarma jokes? No thanks. But yeah, uh, Iron Man's just not a good guy. I mean, I've seen comics where he's groped women and where he's he's very demeaning towards uh, the, 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 the people in his company. He thinks he's, like, the best thing since sliced bread, you know. And Clark is the complete opposite of that. Yeah. He respects people, you know. He's and, very humble. And if if people think that, it, like Clark Kent would open the door for a stranger if he saw the stranger had files in their hand and couldn't open the door. Right. Iron Man would laugh at you as you dropped everything. So excuse me if I like a person who is kind and gentle and cares about people. Yep. That's just what I like. Sorry. And that's why there are two companies, because you've got the cynics over here at Marvel who basically tell fans, mm-hmm. this is what you're going to get, you're going to like it, you're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. My son's even said, he's a Marvel fan. He says that's the difference between the two companies. Oh well, mm-hmm. not during the new Fifty Two, obviously, but no, yeah, the new Fifty Two tried. That's because you had tried, Marvel then, people trying to make DC into Marvel. Yeah, and then the DC fans said, "Excuse you, me, we still have the money. We got to say." <laughs> so, and DC is about heroes, not anti-heroes. Batman's not really an anti-hero. I'm sorry, the Punisher is an anti-hero, but. Batman, ba- Batman, Batman is not an anti hero. Yeah, Batman is a hero. Uh, for yeah, me, he's, he's, dark, he's been a hero for. But he's yeah, not an anti hero. Yeah, Batman's been a hero of mine since I was. I could speak, you know. Um, and it's because I was introduced to the detective side of him first. Right, right. Um, which is the traditional side of Batman. Um, you know, and I didn't know about the Dark Knight Returns and the Dark Knight can stay where he was. Um, The thing is, to me, Batman is just as much a hero as Superman because he had a tragedy happen to him and he dedicates his life to making sure that that tragedy never happens to any other young child. Yeah, he basically sacrifices his life and heroes sacrifice. Exactly. Of course he's not going to succeed every single time. He, he fails. Dick Grayson, case in point. You know, but the thing is, is he works 
at it to be better. And what more can you learn from a hero than to put the needs of others before yourself? Pick yourself up and try again. And pick yourself up and try again, yeah. And, and you know, what we learn from Wonder Woman is the exact same thing, is that sometimes life hands you lemons and you got to make lemonade or, you know, fussle with the sourness. Of or don't make lemonade and, or don't, you know, don't deal with lemons. So, yeah. Exactly, you know, it's, it's you know, it's it's life deals you something and you have to play the cards that you have. You can't whine. You know, you can't gripe and groan and say, oh, you didn't give me an ace up my sleeve, you know. And I'm sorry, but that's that's the type of heroes that Marvel has, is very whiny people. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they tried to make Superman a whiny bitch, but, yeah, that didn't, that didn't new fly. That's a kill him. Okay, that's a kill him. Yeah, we were like, and then erase him. You either kill him or we will. They 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 not only killed him, they erased him. <laughs> yeah, so that that dude's gone, thank God. Learn uh, your characters, damn it. Yeah, and uh also Dan Juggins came out oh, Dan Juggins, my hero. He came out somebody, some fomancer asked him because I couldn't see what question was asked, right? And some formants asked him, so this is like so confusing. Uh, what actually happened in Superman's life? Like what's still there? Like is his romance with Wonder Woman still there? And Dan Jogans is like, if you read action comics, you know, it's pretty explanatory what happened. Um, and some things were kept. Some things were erased. Like his romance with Wonder Woman. <laughs> Duh. And I, and I was like, yes, they confirmed it, yes. It's only really confusing yeah. if you live in another, you know, mental, you know, altered mental state, you know, which they uh, do. Oh, isn't that yeah, romantic? But, They're beating the crap out of Parasite together. You know, what? Oh, my goodness. Oh, can we? Uh, thank God it's gone. We've thank re- you, people. It's, it's erased from my mind. The formance is erased. I don't want to remember it. Uh, I'll I'll remind I'll remind DC. I'll be like, remember, you 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 tripped and fell there. So don't do that again. Remember, remember when you screwed up with that? Yeah. Mhm. Then you made fake yep. news yep. with that poll. I'm like there was a poll. They started. They started fake news. Jim Lee started fake news. Yeah. <laughs> like. Oh, here, believe this. Yeah. I believe in that. That didn't happen. Mhm. But, yeah, perfect segue into comics, I think. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Okay, so we had a bajillion comics the last three weeks. A bajillion and one. Yeah, okay. Sideho, uh, which is, uh, they should never name her Superwoman. Because apparently mm-hmm. she's going to have, what, the insect queen suit now. Yeah, There's I no ass oh, on it. You reminded me of what happened now in Sidehole because I was off air. I was telling Holly, I forgot what happened. You know, it was terrible. Whatever remember. it was, it was just like okay. 
So now they're trying to make Steel the bad guy, you know, kind of like in a way, you know. You're sitting there going, no, Lana's a bitch and she always will be a bitch. And I don't have to like a bitch if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But remember I said, remember I said that's what's going to happen. They're trying to make Steel look like he did everything bad. Right. And Lana's also innocent and, you know, all she wants to do is save the world. No, she doesn't. Yeah, savior of world. I mean, she got that when her and Steel saved. Was that during Super Doom or Doom? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not her. Not her and Steel. When Steel saved Earth, <laughs> um, she tagged along in Steel's spaceship, and she was going yeah. to use her super engineering, electrical engineering powers, to discover a pattern that Cyborg Superman, um, Zorel, not not um, jo- uh, not Hank Henshaw. Yeah. Um, That's starting to keep she's gonna me do, already. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I remember. I remember what happened here. I remember. Okay. Uh, she's she's gonna use her electrical engineering powers to discover a pattern that Cyborg Superman was uh, doing with his cyborg things. In space, and that sounds uh, neat, they were, Yeah, and they were going to bring Brainiac through. Remember that? Remember that was happening? Um, and because Lois Lane had uh, PSI powers from from Brainiac, right, right, right. And Lana stood there in Steel's spaceship. She was just sitting said, there minding her own business. It wasn't like she actually saved anybody. No, she says, I can't figure it out. It's erratic. And then Steel figures it out, right, because right. he's actually smart. <laughs> yeah. You know, he can use his brain. Right. Um, he figures out the pattern, and he transmits the, the thing to Wonder Woman and Batman, who do absolutely shit with that, you know. Um, and then his spaceship gets blown up, and he covers Lana in his organic Steel, right, metal thing, right, and Lana rocks up on Earth, and she's like, "I'm the savior of worlds." And <laughs> and you I'm the savior of worlds, and we're like, "Huh? When that? When? Happen? When did that happen?" <laughs> so yeah, Lana, you ain't fooling anybody. <laughs> well, and here's my complaint. Okay, they can't salvage that character. That character is horrible. I don't, you know, is she still on drugs? Do we know? Have they they haven't mentioned drugs, right? They haven't addressed the issue of Lana being hooked on drugs, right? They She's just, like the Iron it, Man of DC Comics. Oh, oh, that's so bad. Yes, but she is. She is. She's you know, I think so. Speedy was a nicer junkie than she was. But anyway, um, it's. It's and uh, you know I don't understand how she can be Superwoman if she's wearing an insect queen outfit. Neither do I. And you know it just changed. They should change the title: Insect Queen Bitch Lana. (laughs) It has to be more appropriate. You know, and and I think they should get rid of the title because she's not Superwoman. She there is no way, shape, or form or facet of that character where she is super. She is. Not exemplary, personality-wise, nope. Mm-hmm. 
she didn't want to be a hero, and she, you know, bitched and complained, and, oh, I don't know if I can do it, oh, you know, and so, you know, poor Steel. Then he got put up with all these women in, in the book. I think that's what it's supposed to be, you know. It's feminism, all these women. You know, Lana's a hero. They say Lana's a hero, and I go, since when? She bitches and complains, and she, you know. Oh, she didn't say she drugs, did she? No, she on drugs. So you know, then there was she... something in that book that I, oh, what was it? No, Poopy. Anyway, there were scenes where she was remembering, and then she really felt bad, I think, when she remembered Lois. And she talked to Clark. Mm-hmm. She talked to Clark in her dreams. And there was, oh, yeah. oh, oh, and then that one panel will look like they're snogging. I'm like, wait a minute. He's not wearing the collar in that. He's 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 uh, Rebirth Superman, and why is she snogging with a married man? Mm-hmm. In her dream. In her dream. In her dream. And I'm like, so, oh, yeah, she's an exemplary hero right there, right? Mm-hmm. Alana Lang is the, uh, when you look up the picture of hot mess slash bitch in the dictionary, <laughs> the picture of Lana Lang. They have I didn't realize that was there. Uh, in my dictionary. You can have a dictionary. Okay. If she can have dreams about Superman snogging her, I can have a dictionary with hot mess slash bitch Lana Lang. You know, she's she's the example. And I'm sorry that I used that word. I got call, I got like hate for using the word, but I'm going to call it as it is. That's what she is. You know, and she's not a good person. She doesn't care about Clark. She doesn't care about Steel. She doesn't care about Natasha. She definitely doesn't care about Lois. Um, the only person she cares about is herself. Yeah. And that is selfish, not selfless. So she's yeah. the opposite of a hero. Yeah. Uh, petition, petition, renamed Superwoman to Insect Queen Bitch Lana Lang. So <laughs> nobody. Nobody will buy that comic. Well, and they, they're not buying the comic. That's no, nobody's buying the it's comic. Like, of all the super books, and there have been some really bad super books, this one is the worst ever. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. why are they still doing this story about Lana? Lana. Is it, it going to be something <laughs> like later in November or whatever when John's writes his Dooms, you know, Doomsday Clock thing? Is she going to have, like, a role in it? Are they going to kill her off finally? Oh, please, please, please. Because we don't oh my need God. her please. around. Dr. Manhattan pops up on Earth, and Lana Lang says, Hello, I'm the savior of worlds. And you just go, poof, and <laughs> you you're know gone. As far as I'm concerned, Dr. Manhattan can date Lana, okay? Ugh. There I you go. Even he, he, would, he would date her. She's a hot mess, hot mess. I don't, um, I, and, you know, the thing is, I don't see what Steel sees in her. She treats him like crap. I, she treats him like yeah, crap. Yeah. She's on drugs half the time when the other time, we, oh, we're going to forget about that. You know, and uh-huh. and she claims, you know, all his heroic deeds are hers. And I'm sitting there going, uh, why, why, why is this book named after her? And why did they kill Lois off and Lois don't have her own book? Uh yeah, I hundred percent agree. It should be a steel book for me personally. I would buy that, and Lana should just be like, I don't know he should just like push off a cliff and forget about her. Um, 
Uh, I'm seriously worried about Seal. I've been saying this since the beginning of the book. Right. It's an abusive relationship. Yep. Um, he's 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 being held against his will. Uh, <laughs> he's like chained in the basement, and I'm pretty sure if when we get to discover Lana Lang's real mental issues, you know, she, she's chaining poor Steel to the basement. She's already um, got real mental issues. But they're saying, oh, isn't she heroic? I'm like, no. 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 Uh, an insane person is not heroic. I'm sorry. Um, that definitely got mental issues. An insane person who knows what she's doing is wrong, a.k.a. taking drugs, but still doesn't, you know, even when her friends say, you're a drug addict, she says, no, I'm not. You know, that that's not a hero to me. That's the villain of their own story. Um, and she, she, the thing that I hate, the thing that I hate about this Lana Lang book is that she plays the victim all yeah. the time. Yeah, she does. She plays the victim and, a lot. And it's like, this is not what a strong woman is about. Nope. I'm sorry. It, she, she's the complete opposite of what a strong, individual, beautiful woman should be. You know, it, it, yeah, she's not a good hero. Uh, the only people buying this book are the fomancers, shocker, um, because they think she's a real hero. Uh, and I'm like... Well, they thought the romance was a real romance. I'm like, nothing romantic about that. I'm lonely. I'm lonely, too. Let's snog. Uh-huh. Let's beat the shit out of everybody because we can. That was also an abusive relationship. I think we can see a clear yeah. trend with them. There's a pattern um, there. Yeah, we, we've spoken way too much about Lana Lang now. Um, okay. Yeah. This book is I horrible. It. I yeah. dropped it. Oh. It's horrible. Oh, I knew I had Next. <laughs> okay. Next. Um, okay, so we are not basically Justice League. We can't remember what happened. Batman, Aftermath, was there anything in there? Not really. Uh, no, no. Batman has now completely forgotten about, like, the button again, and he's going after Bane again. Um, Nightwing, eh, we're not going to bother with that. Superman, Dashman... He's trying to get to Metropolis somehow. Super Dash Man is being played by Lex Luthor. Of I course. Think, I don't know if I don't know if Lex now after Reborn is good or bad or, or where he's sitting. If he's still gonna be a superhero or what? I don't think um, so. I think I mean, despite what John said, I don't think that's happening. No, I don't think that's happening. That, it just can't happen. It's like against the laws of nature. Yeah, um, the villain. Let him be a freaking villain. Make him the best villain yeah. ever. And uh, I think what he's trying to do now is corrupt the youthful Keenan Kang. Um, Keenan is still discovering his. Uh, you know, he's going through those those phases, the ten steps in the Feng Shui, whatever, to unlock his powers and all that. Um, He's still doing that, so that's still happening. Mm. Uh, I'll read New Dashman when it joins into the Superman books for the Super Family event that they're building up to. Yeah. Right. But then I don't think that's going to be all 
and a bag of chips either. Uh, no. And Titans, Wally mentioned Linda. One. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't... That's it. <laughs> you know, Wally's the one that started, you know, the whole rebirth thing. Wally was the focus mm-hmm. of the rebirth thing. And now it's kind of like, oh, well, he forgot it all. Except mm-hmm. for Linda. And, you know, and then you got Dick Grayson, you know, with his, oh, my girlfriend wasn't pregnant. Um, Whatever. Um, yeah, Dick, we, we we saw that one coming a mile away. Yeah, yeah, we Dick. pretty much said, yeah, late is not pregnant, people. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, yeah. So we're kind of skipping over those. Um, all right, now, Superman 23. Okay, i got to pull that up because I've been a while. Mm, Super Sun? Super Sun. Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're right, Super Sun. Mm-hmm. You are correct. I am correct. You are correct. Super Sun yeah. is fun. Yeah. Super Sun is fun. Uh, it's The story isn't serious, which I enjoy. It's, um, well, that's not comedic either. I mean, it's there's some serious issues going on in there. It's spooky as hell. It's spooky as hell, yes. But what I love is that it's, it's youthful. I don't know if that's the right word to use. It's I love seeing Damien and John fight with each other because that banter reminds me of, this is going to sound so weird, but Lois and Clark, not even Batman and Superman. It's, it reminds me of brothers. And it's, it yeah, reminds it reminds me, me of the mini uh, World's Finest. It does. And I, and I love that they went that route where they just they constantly fight with each other, but you know that they love each other. You know that they just want to hug each other, okay? And you know that Damien wants to invite John to the Teen Titans, okay? Um, because he enjoys hanging out with him more than the Teen Titans. And there is some really spooky uh, stuff that can scarily relate to real-life stuff that's happening, Um you know, it's like how we talked about Lois Lane uh, fallout and the mind control that they have over yep. the kids. And yep. I think, I don't know, but I just draw a lot of similarities to that with the whole um, Amazo kid. Yep. Because he's like, you know, he is, I don't think he's evil. He was just his powers and the way that they developed and the people who are in charge of I think there was know, a little bit of he had to he had to make a choice. There was a buy in there. Mm-hmm. There definitely was a choice being made, but I don't think he actively wanted to be bad, you know. Well um, he being pretty damn bad for not wanting to be bad. I think it's it's He's it's, not misunderstood. Come on, he's a he's truly a villain. He's a little bastard. I no, I didn't say I didn't say he's misunderstood. I think he is. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I think uh, he is uh-huh. not misunderstood. Not misunderstood. He's evil. He's he's evil. In he's a bad child. He needs to be spanked. Like you know. Uh, but I think it's power corrupted him. That's what right. it is. And it it shows you how. 
in John's case, power could have corrupted him, but he had parents who were there to to guide him. He had he has some stability, and when you look at the 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 relationship that the kid Amazo had, he doesn't have that because you know it's sort of like those stories where you hear of children where fame gets to their heads and stuff, and right. they get corrupted. Right. So I think it's a story of corruption. Let's put it that way. I don't well, think he's misunderstood. He's an evil child. He's an evil child. Well, I think. Oh, yeah. Also, John. Mhm. There's a kind of a. There's that whole nature and nurture thing. I think. Yes. The kids raised him right, and and they love him, and he knows he's loved. I think that's a huge part of it. But that there's also you know. Babies have personalities when they come out of the womb. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and I'm not saying babies are evil when they come out of the womb, but they, I think that, I don't know, there's a innocence to children mm-hmm. unless someone takes that away from them. Yeah. And the innocence was taken away from Kid Amazo, dude. But but you don't know because all you see of his parents and stuff is what he does to them. Mm, so you don't yeah, know yeah. if he was abused or whatever. But still, he has a choice to make every time he does something evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his sister is fine. His sister's a good, you know, she's good. Yeah. Um, I think it's a story also about, I like how it highlights... Um, how Damien could have been bad as well. Well, but my he God. made the act of... Yeah. He, he was he, he raised was, by the League of Assassins. Come on. Exactly. He, he, I remember there was this one story um, that Peter Tomasi actually wrote uh, in Batman and uh, Robin where he said the, one of the first gifts he remembers his mother giving him was a sword. <laughs> and... You know, he's and he's and he's telling um, Elf, or he's not telling uh, Alfred. He's telling Titus, his dog, right? Right. That when he met his father, it was the first time he saw that there could be a different way, and he actively chooses to be with his father. He actively chooses to be Robin, and not Razagul's grandson, the the League of Assassins. It's the throne. Right. There's you know, some there's some innate thing, there's a grain of something it within Damien that even mm-hmm. though he was Shire, you know, Shire's son and Raja Ghoul's grandson and he raised the League of Assassins and saw this darkness and everything, there must have been a grain of something within his personality that realized mm-hmm. there could be something else. And when that came you know, when Bruce and Alfred came into the picture, he saw, oh, well, yeah, there is something different. Now, mm-hmm. part of his personality has been shaped by his early days, okay? But that doesn't mean yeah. it, it can't change. He can't, but he basically has that that seed of goodness of knowing that, I mean, he's, he's as cynical as Bruce is for sure, but that's, you know, genetics work. Okay, people are like, well, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but genetics do work. I mean, I raised a kid, you know, we left when he was six years old. But when he's getting older, I mean, he would 
do things, and my mother goes, oh, my gosh, if that's not his father. I'm like, I told you, genetics work. <laughs> he wasn't around him. You know, so genetics do work. And so it's a whole nature nurture thing. But I think Damien's salvation was Bruce and Alfred. I mean, I think he could recognize And, and Dick. And, and Dick. Dick Jason. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, especially Dick because, I think. Know, yeah. Yeah, I, I loved, I loved, loved, loved the Batman and Robin series where Dick was Batman and he was Robin. Right. Because it gave you that sense of, again, Superman and Bruce, right? Where right. Bruce is Damien. And we keep talking about Dick being like, you know, like Clark. Yeah. And it gave you that, which is why I read the comic series, which is why I bought the comic series, because you had that happening. And so now that you have that again in Super Sun, you know, it's, I don't know, we just love that dynamic in the relationship. <laughs> well, and, and I think it's because, you know, they created this, Siegel and Schuster created Superman and Lois and Clark first. And then mm-hmm. um, Bob Kane got Bill Finger to basically create Batman as far as personnel. I mean, all the things that Bill Finger created within the Batman genre, I mean, he created pretty much everything, people. So, yeah. Pretty much everything, all Bill Fing- uh, all uh, Bob Kane did. I watched a TV series uh, uncovering the truth about superheroes, and all Bob Kane did was he brought the the news like the pamphlet that said DC Comics. You know, well not DC Comics back then they were something media, yeah. um, national publications, national publications, media, whatever. He brought the pamphlet thingy to Bullfinger and he said, look, they're looking for a superhero like that Superman dude. The original concept of Batman was this guy in a purple and orange suit and it was completely different. And Bullfinger said, no, we're not going to copy what Shigel and Schuster did and just regurgitate it with another character. We right. need to create our own thing. And he created the concept of Dark. You know, he had the gray suit with the black cape. He had the um, yeah. bat hyphen man, and he was a detective, well, and well, he didn't have powers. Yeah, well, you need to watch, and if you can ever watch it, there's a documentary called uh, Batman and Bill. And right? it's, it's about the, I've I've heard of it. Oh, it's, it. it's not available. So, I cried yeah. and cried and cried. Um, and I cheered and everything. So anyway, Bill Finger, I mean, Bob Kane had a sketch of this guy. He didn't have a cow. That was Bill yeah, Finger. Yeah, he didn't have a cow. He had yeah. a, um, like a steel wing, which would not yes. be practical. So, you know, Bill says, you know, he's going to be an action figure. He's going to be jumping. He needs to have, a, like, a cape, but it will be scalloped, you know, for a bat, bat fringe effect. He mm-hmm. gave him the bat emblem. He gave him the, you know, the gray and black suit, not this really colorful. He says he's a creature of the night. He's not going to be wearing, you know, chartreuse in the middle of the night. So um, he invented, get this, Batman number one, hello, Joker, 
Catwoman, yeah. Penguin, yeah. Robin, uh, Riddler, um, Commissioner Gordon. Yep. He he created the whole Gotham PD yep. as well. He created the uh, origin story. I, he sees the bat coming through the window, and he says, I shall become the knight. Bill Singer did that, not Bob Kane. Yeah, not Bob, Bob Kane. Kane. Bob Kane literally just brought the notice that says, we want superheroes. And he said, Bill, you know, I've got this dude in this purple and orange outfit. What do well, you think? And this, he, here's <laughs> what happened. You know, he, he, Bob Kane, you can't believe how things he has. Well, we all know what about Bob Kane. But anyway, he's like the Jim Lee of his day. Um. Hey, yeah, that's what Jim Lee is. He's my hero. Uh, he basically went to Bill Finger and said, okay, I've got this concept, you know, and it wasn't really much of a concept. There was just this sketch, which apparently years, decades later, he did another sketch and said he did it when he was 14 years old. But mm. comics weren't yeah. even rolling along, I mean, by that time. It was like the next year, oh, whatever. So they did mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. And so, uh, but, I mean, he, he took, he, you know, he asked how much Sigwin Schuster was going to was making, and somebody told him $800 a week, which I doubt. But everybody knows the story about Sigwin Schuster sold Superman for, what, 120 bucks? 150 yeah. Yeah, 130 something like that. Anyway, so... He took one look at that contract and went, no. And so he asked for soul. I will be the sole creator of this character in his contract. Bill Finger mm-hmm. wasn't in the room. Yep. Bill Finger was out in a park bench talking to him night and day about Batman. And so, you know, then Bill got to write the stories. And so, uh, you know, all these characters, you know, he really came to life. You know, and Kane, but Kane took total credit because it was in his contract, and so that was the big deal about how Bill Finger can never get any credit, ever. Mm-hmm. And finally, it's a oh, it's an awesome documentary. It'll make you cry. There are parts. This I, family suffered. They had I a will secret. Look for it and get it. Yeah, there. it's on Amazon. I've heard about it. I think it's on Amazon yeah, or Hulu, one or the other. Yeah, Amazon and Hulu, like they're like Africa. What the? <laughs> you know, there, like don't they don't acknowledge us. So yeah, I'll see. Uh, we they yeah. do bring Amazon series to South Africa. We just have to wait a couple of months, you know, for the copyright thingy to there uh, is distributed. There is um, it's the same guy who wrote The Boys of Steel. He did the research on Sequel and Schuster. And then oh, his okay. is Bill Finger book is I think it's a Boy Wonder. Yeah. Boy Wonder, yes. Yeah. He wrote I know I know he wrote um uh Boys of Men of Steel and The Boy Wonder. Yeah. So he he it was you know, he wanted he wanted to do the Batman book, so he was researching all this stuff and he came across that like one of the first comic cons which was in like a a really seedy hotel and Bill Finger was on a panel, and Bill Finger rarely was seen. I think there's they only found like 12 photos of him ever. Mm-hmm. And um, he was talking about how, you know, um, 
Batman was created. And one of the guys, well, I think it was Otto, Otto said to the ki- one of these kids, he says, hey, you want to meet the guy that created Batman? And they're like, yeah, and they thought they were going to meet Bob Kane. And here was Bill Finger. Uh, so it was like the biggest secret ever. Uh, not that it was a big mm-hmm. secret, but it was like, you know. And the family. It was like the the biggest secret that everybody knew. <laughs> yeah. And um, Warner Brothers or whoever, DC, couldn't do anything about it because, this, you know, Bob King got full credit, period, in his contract. Well, um, mm-hmm. so this guy, you know, he wanted so he would go to cons and stuff and say, you know, um, do you know Bill? So he'd ask the Batman guys dressed as Batman. He said, do you know Batman? You know, yeah. He said, so who's, you know, who's uh, Dick Grayson? And they said, oh, that's Nightwing. You know, Robin, the first Robin. Blah blah blah. Finally, he said, who's Bill Finger? And they go, I don't know him. Hmm. And so he was passing out T-shirts about, you know, I love Bill Finger or something. And so then, but he couldn't do anything about the credit. Because he wasn't a relative. Yeah. And Bill had died, I think, in 83? Bill had died, 73 or 83. And um, so the guy keeps doing all this. Re- this guy's like, a, this guy is like Batman. And in, in fact, Kevin Smith said, this guy is Bill Finger's Batman. Because this guy was like, he was like a dog that had his teeth. In something, and he wasn't gonna let go. And so it was the lowest lane. <laughs> yeah, and he um, he found out that Bill had a son, and mm-hmm. uh, but the son was, but the son had died of AIDS, and he was gay. So he thought, oh well, no, there's no more kids, right? So he started, so finally, finally gets to the story, finds out that Bill did have a son. And his son had a daughter. And then it's about to search for the granddaughter. And, I mean, I'm getting chills now just remembering all this stuff. I mean, it's a phenomenal documentary. It'll make, if you, I mean, I'm not even a big Batman fan. But this, may, I mean, Truth, Justice, the American Way, Bill Finger needed that credit. You know, and he created all kinds. Of, my son told me he created the concept of, was when he was doing Green Lantern. What was it? I forget. But he created this, this really, which is like a superhero concept that is like in everything now. Oh, the the it was the secret identity thing. He didn't create secret identities because Sigmund and Schuster did that, you know, pretty much. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. know, and Batman, they you know did it. But he created the reason they had secret identities wasn't to protect themselves, but to protect the ones they love. That was his concept. You know, we we think nothing of it now, right? Because we've heard it so many times. Right, right. But he put that that in the comic. He put that in the genre. And so, you know, there's these huge things. I mean, he he was just a phenomenal. He was just a genius. And um, died, you know, basically penniless and stuff. And they thought he was buried in a potter's field, but you have to watch the documentary to find out if that's true. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I I will I will look this up. What's it called again? <sighs> it's a Batman and Bill, I believe. Ah, uh, okay. I know that one. Okay. Yeah. It's not hard to build. Yeah. So, um, what were we going to talk about? 
Oh, we can talk about the button now since we're well, talking talk- about Batman. Yeah, let's talk about the Flash. Okay, I bought this one because it was a good. It was good, and here's the other the, reason: the cover. Jake the cover. Eric, baby, <laughs> in our house. Yeah, I had my son read it. I said, "Dude, you gotta read this one. It's pretty good." But yeah, I had my sister read it because she is a huge Jake. I'm not that I'm not. You know me. I love Jay and Joan. Right. Um, yeah, I I I saw the cover. I remember um, a few months before they released this, and I was like, oh, they 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 they're gonna tease like Jay, like you know, we're gonna see like a helmet of Mercury or, you know, the the shoes of of Hermes or something, and boom, we see in full blown force Jay Derrick. Yeah. <laughs> Both, and both and he's covers are also stuck, and he's also stuck in the speed force, just like Wally. And I'm just, I'm just, um, whoever came up with this concept, Jeff Johns and Dan Juggins were sitting in that. Um, apparently, the the the, you know, this was the one year anniversary of Rebirth, right? Right. Uh, just recently. And they interviewed Jeff Johns on the red carpet for Wonder Woman. And they said, you know, congratulations on uh, the one-year anniversary of Rebirth. And, you know, DC fans are so happy with comics and things. And he said, yeah, you know, it, it, he got a, uh, what did he call it? But he, he, something with legends. He said he got a group of legends together and they bashed out a um a reason to bring back all the characters that they loved. And he said, you know, in that room was Dan Jurgens and Greg Rucker was taking over for Wonder Woman and uh they had uh Grant Morrison on Skype and I'm like, Damn, I would have loved to have been a fly on that. They had morning. Morrison on Skype, <laughs> that is awesome. And we couldn't leave the camera. They had Morrison on Skype and I'm thinking, does he even know what Skype is? He probably what are you using this computer for, you know? <laughs> no, Grant, Grant's very techno. He can do techno. I know, I'm just joking, you know, because we always think of him as sitting in his lordly castle in Scotland drinking whiskey. Um, but, yeah, apparently that's the, the like, powwow that they had with, and they they bashed out the, the rebirth um, storyline you know, he was talking about Doomsday Clock and everything because they just uh, re- released the image and things. Right, and that's coming and out in November, six months. That's coming out in November. Um, and he said that the concept for Rebirth, they have a five, a three-year storyline that they're going to, all the main Justice League characters will intertwine. So you've had Flash, you've had Batman, you've had Superman. Um, you're going to get Wally coming in because they've got that whole Teen Titans and Deathstroke thing. Right. And and he said, you know, he just sat around with these with these people. And I'm thinking, Jeff, give yourself a little bit of credit. You you know DC as well. Oh yeah. And he said, and he said, you know, they just. So the one thing they wanted to bring back was legacy and love and hope and optimism. And 
a feeling of heroicness in right. All the comics. things we complained that wasn't there in Fifty Two. And, and I'm and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh, don't you make me cry because this they is all listen to us. They listen to you. Listen to Jack. So yeah, I'm very happy for the future of uh, DC Comics. Yes. I'm very happy for Doomsday Clock as well. Mm. Yeah, that sounds so weird, but yes. We are so happy for Doomsday Clock. <laughs> I think it's going to be an epic storyline. I think yeah. I'm putting it down here. Rebirth will go down and Doomsday And it's only in Clock one book, and... right? No, yeah, it's one and done. It's a one and done yeah. book. Um, it's none of this, it's gonna be like re- you know, break-offs and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be one and done. He's learned his lesson since Flashpoint. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Flashpoint and Blackest Night and all his failed attempts at getting a Justice League story in the New 52, he has learned his lesson. <laughs> Put it in one book and give it to the people. Yeah, I'll give them what they want. So, um... You know, I'm looking at these blue narrative boxes and, I, and with the with the you know with the lightning bolt, and I'm thinking, well, who's saying? I'm thinking, oh, it must be the reverse flash because that's who you see. But I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, but no, it's Jay who's actually saying this stuff. Yeah, I was at first. I thought it was uh, what's his name, Johnny Thunder, and I'm like. But why is Johnny Thunder like making so much sense? You know, like normally he's screaming. Yeah. Nonsensical stuff at us, and Flash because he's a then you flip the page. Yeah, then you flip the pages, and then you go, Jay. But they kind of did that on purpose because you know Jay's appearance is awesome. So mm-hmm. we're back to Eobard Thon with a button in his hand, and that blood splatter looks like an arrow. That's why you know it looks like the Doomsday Clock. R R R. R R R. So, Jay, in the narrative box, says, I watched them race across time as it all falls apart, shouting from a distance, silent as a ghost, forgotten like one. And he says, Barry Allen is the key. He saved Wally West. Okay. So, Eobard's running around, I know the power of the button. It belongs to... Who it belongs to? They've never faced someone like me. Well, he's already died once, okay? In the back mm-hmm. game. And so Jay says, now it's my turn. Okay, Jay is trying to, you know, we've got the cosmic treadmill and Batman holding on with his batarang, and he's just there for the ride, honey. Mm-hmm. So, so Jay says he only has to listen. So he's trying to get Barry, right? But Barry's chasing yep. Eobod, um, and he's trying to warn him because he's seen his his future where he dies in the Batcave. And then there's a huge, giant, blue lightning cracoom. And that mm-hmm. just sends them all, you know. And so then we recount of the, um, you know, how Eobon had killed his mother and all this stuff. And uh, finally, Batman says, it's, and he, there's a voice. There's a voice. A disconnected speech bubble when it says Perry. And Batman says, "My father wasn't a vision, Barry. He was real." And so, 
because Barry's trying to think if, you know, these are just apparitions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so Eobard says, I have an idea, Barry. The night your mother dies, I'm going to be there, a social worker or a lifelong neighbor, a friend. I'll take you in, raise you as my own, make you my son, my acolyte. And that's when the treadmill starts to break up. And mm-hmm. Batman says, we need to land somewhere, Barry. That's smooth thinking. And Barry's like, no, we need to catch Thon. Stop him from... And so Thon says, like always, you're too late, Barry. I'm here. And then there's a big boom. He says, you're about... Your life is about to un- be undone. Well, that's already been undone a couple times here, so whatever. So mm-hmm. he says, yes, the trail ends. I have arrived. So they land... He lands on, like, this floating thing in space. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, red stuff coming out of the button. Or he's taken from Thon to the button. I'm not sure which. He says, you don't mm-hmm. have to be shy now. I can feel your presence like a wave of static electricity. It's powerful, I admit. In fact, I've never encountered anything quite like it. So, and then he looks up, and there's, like, blue cloud. He goes, I, my God. Wait, wait, I didn't know, please, I didn't want to, I don't want to die. And that's the time that he dies again. And mm-hmm. so, and, Go ahead. An endless paradox. He's, he's stuck in it. He's going to die and die and die, die, and, die, and, die, die and, and die again. <laughs> so Batman says, that scream, he goes, Thawne, he's gone. And then the dis- disembodied voice says, Barry, I'm right here. And... And so Flash is hanging onto the treadmill, and so is Bats. And he says, Bruce, without the treadmill, I don't have any traction. I can't. And then the voice gets real like it's Barry. <laughs> and Bats is like hanging on for dear life, and he goes, listen to the voice, Barry, grab onto it. He says, we have no idea where it's going to take us. He goes, we've got no choice. And so the voice says, right here, just say my name, Jay. And Barry goes, Jay? And that's when everything comes apart, and there's a big raccoon, and Jay thinks, at last. And that's where we get the, he goes, I'm free. And there's the giant flash page of Jay, raccoon, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, I like the reflection of Barry in his helmet. That's pretty cool. Good yep. job. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Howard Potter. Yeah, I love yeah. his art. Yeah. yeah. And so he grabs the both of them, and, and he goes, Arg! Because remember, um, Jay's kind of old. And he, and he says, hang, hang on! Power enough to get you, and he shoves them home. Mm-hmm. And he shoves them into the bat cave. And Batman says, the cave, my cave. Reverse Flash's body, we're back in the beginning. And Flash, has got, Flash and Jay are both got Speed Force stuff going on. Now, Jay really wasn't part of the Speed Force. Just his, mm. Barry was the I Speed think, Force, but Jay worked yeah, out of yeah. something else as well. Uh, I think Jeff Johns rewrote that in Flash Rebirth, um, where Jay Garrick was... A, the, the original Jay Garrick came back from uh, the Golden Age, and he came through the speed force. So it was, he at, was magical. According to my son. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but my son uh, says that I he's not a I part of the speed force in yeah. that 
he doesn't work the same way in the Speed Force as Barry and Molly and Neobod. I don't know how it works. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, he's more magical because he has, like, the helmets of Mercury and, right. and Hermes' shoes and all those people. But I would take your son's word. He, he knows more Flash than me. <laughs> so, uh, Barry says, you, who are you? Well, why did you kill Fawn? What do you want with us? And he goes, I-, I didn't kill anyone, Barry. My name is Jay Garrick. I'm your friend, a Flash. Barry, listen to me. I need you to remember. If you remember me, like Wally, he says, he told me I, I forgot things. People, someone did this. Do you know? He says, they took everything from me, Barry. I don't know how. I don't know why. Barry, you have to. He goes, your name. What was your name? And he grabs a hold of Jay's arm, but it's too late. And Jay goes mm-hmm. up into the blue. He doesn't, yep, the he doesn't, blue. He doesn't disintegrate like Thawne. It's more like a Scotty beam me up thing. Yeah. My son says, <laughs> when he before this issue, before he's reading the, read the button, he said, Barry, just go read your comics. <laughs> because Barry was a big fan of the Flash comics. And so Barry, yes, yes. Yeah. So Barry says, "What happened?" And that man said he knew me same way Wally did, but he's not here. Maybe he came from another time, at a time that no longer exists, like my father said. Batman he goes, "Maybe." And then Barry says, "Or I wasn't the lightning rod he needed." So, mm. who was the lightning rod that Jay would need, Joan? Well, I mean, they do have an epic love story. Right. Um, I think I think more Wally um, would be his lightning rod. The, there's a lot of... Um, I remember there's a comic. There's a comic that Lois Lane interviews Joan and Iris and Linda. And, well, not interviews, talks to them. And... Yeah, that that's very uh, explanatory towards the whole Flash family dynamic. So, yeah, um, I think it would be more Wally because there's some connection that they have that Barry's not a part of. So, yeah. Oh, it could be a completely different lightning rod. I don't know. My Flash history isn't that good. <laughs> well, I'm wondering because Johnny Thunder. You know, he's mm. he keep yelling. He's part of the society. Yeah. yeah, he's part of the society. So Jay's back, so that means Justice Society's coming back. Mhm. Yeah. So, uh, of course, Barry and Bats go as their you know secret identities. Tom, Tom, uh, Bruce and Barry go out to the Wayne Cemetery. Where Thomas and Martha have graves, not a mausoleum. Okay. Apparently it's a public cemetery. More than Wayne's live in there. So, Barry goes, I wonder, was this Alphonse doing the rupturing, time rupturing, changing, people fading in and out of reality like your father and that other Flash? And, and Bruce says, he died. He says, but maybe his death is what triggered all of this. Maybe there's no one else to chase. And Bruce says, I can appreciate you wanting to close this case, Barry, but it's far from closed. He goes, so what? The primary suspect who murdered Fawn is God? 
Mm-hmm. And Bruce says, for now, that's all we have to go on if we still pursue this. And very, and they start to walk off, and he says, I'll do an autopsy on Thaw and see what else I can find. I don't pretend to understand what we just went through, Barry, but what we experienced wasn't an accident. Being given the chance to see my father, only to lose him again, the other flash, you said he was your friend, and we were powerless to help him. What reverse flash said right before he died, he, how he saw God. I don't know, Barry. It can't all be an accident. And then we see the earth with a blue lightning hitting it. And over there by Africa, north of you. Yeah, very much north of me. I'm yeah. like right at the tip. Yeah, yeah, you're on the tip of the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then we see Bruce looking out his, man, how close is Gotham to his his house? Okay. (laughs) Very close. Really, very close. The mansion is like not in the country anymore. So Bruce is looking out the window, and, and he remembers the words of his father. Don't be Batman. Find happiness. You don't have to do this for me. Don't do it for your mother. Let the Batman die with me. Okay, and the bat signal shows up, and then, um, yeah. What's his name? Alfred. Alfred. I'm sitting there, Arthur. That's not right. Alfred shows up. So, sir, are you going to answer that? And Bruce just looks out and then puts down his head. Okay. So a lot of people are like, they're destroying Batman. Because, yeah, really. If Batman doesn't do it for his parents dying or, you know, why? Mm-hmm. if he's no longer the Batman, then yeah. But I think there's bigger fish to fry here. So uh, someone says, sir, and we see rocks in space <laughs> and the button yep. somewhere with this little arrow and a big blue hand picks it up. And it, so it shows part of the eye and the blood splat and it says everything is preordained even my responses which is from Watchmen we're all mm, you missed one you missed one oh, um, sorry. oh why does beach my per- bubble why does my perception of time distress you everything is preordained even my responses then we get closer in on the blood splat with the ye- with the mm-hmm. yellow button behind it and it says we're all puppets Lori now Lori was silk specter Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we see blue. I'm just a puppet who can see the strings. Okay, those were all said by Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. So then we get, like, epilogue. Oh, thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. We see the button flying in space, and we get a black panel, then a button flying in space again, then black panel, and then the blood droplets on the buttons start to fly off into space, and then another black panel. And then we see two blood splat, uh, spots on the button close up, and then another black panel. And then we see red with yellow in the corner. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we see nothing but red, and then we see black panel, and then red with yellow on either side of the red. We see a black panel, and then we see red, yellow, red, yellow, and then another black panel, and then we see Superman's chest. Mm-hmm. It says, but beaten up. <laughs> yeah, quite beaten up. 
It says, there are poisons that blind you and poisons that open your eyes, which is a uh, quote from August Strindberg. Strindberg. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then they have the ad for the Doomsday Clock, and 12 o'clock is the Soup Super Sealed. Yep. yep. Jeff Jones, Gary Frank. I mean, is that like the... Wonder Team. And Brad, An- Brad Anderson doing and colors. And uh, Brad Anderson as well. Yep, yep. And I was like, whoa, when I saw the Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh. for that. It's all about Superman, boys and girls. <gasps> what? It's all about Superman? Yeah, I'm afraid so. It's not the bad yeah, end. That- yeah, that's when you know when when you have Batman not answering the bat signal, but you have an epilogue that turns towards Superman. That's when you know you got your universe right. Yeah, because how many times did we say during the new fifty you can't build a universe on Batman? No, cannot. it doesn't work. He can it, sell it, as many it, as he likes, but you can't build the universe on him. Have to build it on oh, your yeah. heart. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Cannot agree with you more. If I could agree with you more, I would. <laughs> I've got interviews with um, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot about Wonder Woman movies. Yes. Pretty good. Um, yeah. So that was mm-hmm. the button. Um, let's see, what did we skip over here? Oh, Super Sons we talked about a little bit. Um, Trinity. Okay, let's see what the mystery is. <laughs> I read it, but I can't remember. I, know I can't remember what happened. Um. Oh, I remember what happened. They I remember what to happened. the first can story. Talk. Yeah. I can talk about Trinity. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Um. So basically, Superman's been having dreams about the White Mercy, and. So he and Diana and Bruce returned to the cave that he had his encounter with, um, you know, and John and Jonathan Kent went and found young Clark in the cave and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bruce is telling him, it's all a dream, Clark. Stop, stop trying to make this real. And he's like, Bruce, if it was all a dream, why is this on the wall? And he sees a carving into the wall of the bat symbol, the super symbol, and like the Wonder Woman, WW. And then they get a call to go to the uh, watchtower. And it's just like Cyborg buzzes them, and then he goes offline. And so then as they're leaving, you know, Superman says, it, it can't be a dream if that is there. And then you see in the shadows, a child with a hoodie and glowing yellow eyes. And it's like, I'm real. I'm not a dream. And I'm like, oh, the white mercy is alive? How? <laughs> it's like, what? And so then we get, then we cut to like the watchtower and stuff. And I don't have the comic open with me. I'm just telling you this from memory. And they see it's all a mess. Like somebody attacked the Justice League watchtower. The Green Lanterns out of commission. 
Cyborg's being taken down. He's shutting down. Cyborg's shutting down. He's got no legs. He's just got like his brain and his, his little beeping thing is, you know, his light is beeping. He's like flashing. He's going to crash anytime soon. And so they take him down to the lower levels where there's the power source where he can plug in and download himself. And like, the Justice League is almost out of commission. And then there's this big plant thingy. And then I can't remember after that. <laughs> okay. There's a, there's a big plant. There's a big, there's a big plant thing that's like attacking the Justice League system. And, but they're more concerned with getting Cyborg down, obviously, because if he doesn't download, then he'll, like, die, die. Right, know? right. Um, and so, they, so they're, they're taking him down to where the power sources are, and they see that there's this, uh, I think it's like a black goo thing that's right. taking over the, the, the Justice League, you know, it's always about the black goo. Always about the black goo. Always with the black goo. And the Flash isn't there because he's late. He's somewhere, uh, as always. <laughs> and, but he's coming there, and then he meets up with them. And he's more concerned about Jessica, and I'm like, why are they still pushing this with Iris? Yeah, where's um, Iris? With Iris. And the Green Lanterns turn against them, and they've been taken over by this black gooey thing. And that's where it stops. Yeah, there's a giant black, I'm not sure what that is, robot. It's like a plant. Yeah. No, there's no plant. It's not, it's not like a plant, it's like a matrix thing. Yeah, but you know, then, like... then this being shows up. Yes. Don't but we don't alone. know what the being is. Yeah, we... Dravesso and all living beings on board have been lost to a viral infection. Mm. The virus will soon spread to the planet below, and the only solution is complete eradication. And next issue is called quarantine. Quarantine, yes, because they've been infected and they can't go to Earth because otherwise then they'll take the infection with them. Right. Um, okay. I remembered what happened. Yay! See? Uh, oh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I I will talk about Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, Wonder Woman 22, basically nothing happened. It's a story um, about Veronica Kale bidding for a date uh, with Wonder Woman for charity. Mm-hmm. And then she talks to Wonder Woman about... Um, okay, so now this is the past like storyline, right? This is how Veronica Kale meets Wonder Woman. And what had happened was, you know, that whole thing about I blame you for my daughter's situation. And Wonder Woman's like, What? I haven't even met your daughter and she's like, No, it's all your fault and yeah. That's you know, that's basically the gist of Veronica Kale's entire um, 
evilness is that she she doesn't take responsibility that it was her actions and her partner's actions that caused her daughter to be in the predicament that she is now. So, you know, she's just blaming one woman. 23 is much better. Read the story that yeah. has Liam Sharp. Read the story that has Liam Sharp's art, not the other person, because like it's, I, I almost was at the point of saying, did Greg Rucker even write this, or is there a ghost writer somewhere? Right. Um. Yeah. Anyway, just drinking <laughs> some water. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so uh, twenty three drawn by Liam Sharp, written by Greg Rucker, is the truth, the conclusion. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. So we get a backstory for, uh, if you remember the last issue, we just ended with a hunkalicious Aries just sitting there half naked um, because they had opened up the splits in the tree and Veronica Kale and Wonder Woman went through. And they find hot Aries. So we go back in time and we see Aries in all his godly wob garb. And he's like, why is many things Diana of Themyscira? It is a crucible by which mortals may discover and abandon their humanity. It, it is a forge by which they build and destroy their civilization. So true. But like fire, but like the fire Prometheus gave to the mortals, war is always hungry. That hunger rages without reason or boundary. That hunger is all-consuming. Unfettered war becomes unending madness, and I was long past the borders of sanity. So we see a like global-looking Aries, white skin, red eyes, all that jazz. And he's like, but war has its place, and it must be attended. So he recounts the story, uh, Hephaestus forged the chain, and we see a goddess coming. But it was Aphrodite alone, of all the gods, who was sent to lay them upon me. Ah, so My finally l- Aphrodite enters the DCU since New 52. Since New 52, there's actually uh, the goddess of love because Aphrodite was dead in the New 52. Yeah, sure, sure. So, yeah. So, he says, my love and my lover, my consort, the mother of our children. And so we see him looking at Aphrodite and she's looking, you know, like, why are you doing this? He said, she bound my madness. And we see her putting the chains on his wrists. And he says, she gave me peace. And so now we're back to Diana, Veronica, and her daughter, and half-naked hunk Aries. Mm-hmm. And he says, in peace came clarity. I would not be made mad again. And we see a very uh, Man of Steel moment where Ares is on his knees, he's crying, and he's embracing Aphrodite because he's realized, you know, what he's done. Uh, 
in his mad state of war, savage, raged, induced madness. And she's just holding him and cradling him. And he says, I would be kept safe. And knowing that there were those who had covered my power, a guard was set to watch over me. Chosen warriors who stood for eternal peace. And we see the Amazons being born. Yay, they're not savage, raping people anymore. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I I really hated that origins of the Amazon. Uh, He says, lest some power try to breach my prison and in so doing unleash madness upon the world once more. And so now we are in Themyscira now, and we see uh, commands being shouted, arms, two arms, turn about, form a guard. Sophia, can you stand? Uh, Hippolyta. And Sophia says, always, Highness. And uh, Philippus says, archers, front, at the ready. And we see two, um, like, dogs, like the hounds of hell. Yes attacking them, right? And, you know, Philippus is at the ready and they're charging. And Hippolyta says, it's them, Philippus. Phobius and Demos. Uh, I had to do, I had to scratch my head out. All the evil twins. Yeah, the evil twins. (laughs) Yeah, and then then Hippolyta tells me, and then she's like, his sons have come for him. And I'm like, ah, Aries sons. (laughs) And she's like, my daughter has failed. And so we see this uh, hellhounds are attacking, they're coming. And Hippolyta is ready for us. She's like, steady, my sisters, steady. We face gods today. But our patrons are at our back. And we see all the the patrons that gave Diana her powers. Uh, Each represents, you know, one god or goddess. And then we see a sneak curled up in the corner, and Hippolyta says, and we must keep our faith strong. And so then we see Ares is going all God of War, and he's like, my sons are very close now. They will breach my home and either shatter my chains and thus unleash me, or murder me and take my office for their own bidding. Their hunger for terror and panic forever would walk. And Veronica kills like your son, Famos and Demos, and just like you know them far too well, Doctor Kale. They rather hate you for what you did to them. She says they took my daughter from me. And he says, "Do you now understand why the way home is lost to all who would leave the mascara, Diana?" And she says, "Because it leads to you." And Kale says, then Themyscira is nothing but a prison. He says, no, Themyscira is a paradise. What a society can become that rises above its need for me. And Diana looks down and she says, I should have been told. I should have been trusted with the truth. And he says, it was not a question of trust. He says, I deserve the right to make the choice for myself. He says, I give you back your words the day you left. I will return, you say to your mother. 
Do not make such promises, your, your mother the queen says to you. And she says, uh, I will, you vow. Aries, the patrons themselves fear the strength of your purpose, Diana. If any could find their way, it would be you. Stealing the knowledge from you would, would never be enough. You would seek truth by your nature. And your will would, not, would admit no defeat until, until you achieved it. Best then for your patrons to let you believe you had the truth already. Within days of your departure, you made battle with me. Do you remember? And Diana says, a lie is a lie, no matter its purpose. And she says, yes, but if you were imprisoned here, he says, it was Phoebus and Demos masquerading as me. And the first thing they did was try to wrest the mascara from your mind. And from the mind of the man, Trevor. Some things cannot be defended against. You are wise enough to know this. And Kale says, what you don't know, you cannot betray. And Aries says, and so they turn to you, doctor in the hope that you could do what they did, could not. And you did. Once again, we were reminded to never underestimate a mortal. Diana, you are saying that we have never met before? Aries, once I gave you a gift. One that would allow you to find your way here if the need ever arose. And she looks down at her snake bite from year one. And Kale says, it's a two-stage encryption. To reach Aries, you must first reach Themyscira. And Diana says, but the bite made it so I could come here directly and would never need to know the way. So how did you get here? And Aries offers his hand and picks up um, Kale's daughter and she says, how did my daughter get here? And uh, her daughter says, it's not what you think, mother. He says, and she says, either great God is your daughter. Their track record with young women isn't exactly progressive. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> That's an understatement, especially considering Aries. I mean, like, <laughs> and so Isidore says, he saved me. I was, I was in the dark. For so long, there were nightmares. I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. And it hurt. It hurt so much. I was so scared. And then I was here, and I was safe. Aries, my son trapped her essence and left you with her shell. You made her whole, but I fear the price. And as he says, I fear the price. There's a crumble and a crumble. And Aries is like, mourn your sister's and mother Diana of Themyscira, their last battle is begun. And they're fighting the hellhounds. And Diana's like, no, surely the patrons. And he's like, gods will not kill gods, Diana. At best, the patrons will delay my son. But in the end, your sisters will fail. And Famous and Demos will come here, either free me or end. 
And Kale says, you were stopped. You said so yourself. Aphrodite bound you. Aries, you did not listen to my story, doctor. What Hephaestus forged was nothing, was the vessel, nothing more. It was not the chains that bound me. It was Aphrodite's love. (laughs) (laughs) And Sedana's looking at her lasso and, you know, we flash back and forth and Amazons are fighting the hellhounds and she's like, let your sons in. And she's holding the lasso. And she says, I will do the rest. Um, and Hippolytus, you know, giving um, instructions for how to fight them. I, I love this one. I love this line. Um, where Hippolytus says, they may be gods, but so help me, they will feel the bite of Themyscira and steel, and they charge forward. Oh, so powerful. Um, and yeah, the so uh, insults are exchanged. Uh, Hippolyta gets ready to fight, and then Cassidia, Cassidia, whatever her name is, you know, she tells Hippolyta, Wait, look at the patrons, and she tells them, Lower your weapons. And Hippolyta's like, I don't understand what does this mean, and then, um. Castelia says, it means that Diana is ready, my queen. It means your daughter understands what she must do. And we see the tree cracking open, and the hellhounds go in, and they change into those two twins, well, not two twins, the set of twins. Um, and they find Diana, and it's like this open... Uh, is it like a beach or like a open room or whatever? And so they said, you know, oh, what is this? And I think this is Diana of Themyscira. And she's kneeling. And they say, I think we see one woman kneeling before us. How lovely, Diana. Be a doll and tell us where we can find dear old dad. And Diana just smiles at them. And then they, uh, one says, you were asked a question, dear, by a god. And when a god asks you a question, you answer. Asking again, where is our father? And Diana just smiles. And so they start changing into the hellhound forms again. And they're like angry and like growling at her. And, you know, start threatening her. And they say, say something. And she's just smiling at them. And then she lifts up the lasso and she looks at them. And she says, I love you. I'm like, what? (laughs) They they turn into horror-stricken face and say, no. Maya, you're lying. She says, I'm bound by the perfect. I must speak the truth. All you are, all you have done, all of it, I accept it. And I love you. And they go ballistic. And they say, stop saying that. Stop saying that. And she's like, hush, hush now. And she binds them with the lasso of truth. And they start crying. And she just hugs them. And she says, it's all right. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You are loved. And she looks at Aries and Kale and her daughter. And she says, it is done. What will happen to them? And Aries says, now that 
they are bound. I will make more permanent arrangements. And Kale is like more than they deserve. And Aries opens up pathway and we see Steve making a fire. And he's like, this will return you to your world. And Veronica Kale grabs her daughter's hand. She says, let's go home. But her daughter stops. And she's like, Izzy, what's going on? And then she turns to Aries and she says, what have you done? And he says, by bringing your daughter's shell here, you made her whole. But if Isidore returns to your world, she'll be split apart again. She'll be as she was before. And so Veronica Kill is like, so she's your prisoner? Is that what she's saying? And, he's, and Aries is like, no, if she wishes to remain whole, she needs to stay here and she'll live out her natural life. But there is another option. And he turns to a crack in the tree and he points at Themyscira. And Diana looks shocked because she sees Themyscira, the real Themyscira, for the first time since she left. And Izzy says, Themyscira and this place are linked. I can remain whole day. I'll never age. And Kale says, I just got you back. I'll never see you again. And she says, I'll have a life. I'll finally have my own life, Mom. And Kale says, don't forget me. And she says, never. I never will. And she goes to be embraced by her Amazon sisters. And Diana starts crying and she was this queen. And Hippolyta sees her daughter and she says, princess. And then Wonder Woman says, mother. And Hippolyta says, my daughter. And then, but they don't, they don't get to meet. They're just looking at each other through the crack in the tree. And Apollo says, you always make me proud. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's what that's, Diana needed to hear. Yep. Man, that's the end. So no mention. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, Greg Rucker, like, literally just erased the New 52 and he said, that never happened. <laughs> well. And... Something that kind of bugged me. Mm-hmm. Okay, Aries looks a mm-hmm. whole hell of a lot like Clark. Mm, okay. I mean, I don't see what's the problem with that. Well, but the, the, okay, so Clark has Aries. So it kind of bugged me. I mean, is this the last? I mean, not necessarily a bad way, but uh, I mean, I love the art and everything. Is this Liam's, like, I'll never get to draw Superman, so I'm drawing him now. So if we got the spit curl, we've got, you know, the jaw, the, everything. And it's like, except the blue eyes. He gave him brown eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting there going, and then he made him bajillion. He's way tall, too. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, uh, abnormally tall because he's, uh, like, a whole body length taller than Diana, who is six foot something. Right, right. But I kept thinking, mm-hmm. so why does Aries look like Clark? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and I was thinking, so we didn't really have a definitive thing that, you know, the fomance never happened. You know, but... Well, I think the, Dan Juggins right, kind of handled but the that. Thing, I mean, within the story, but the thing about it is, Superman was never in Wonder Woman in the New 52. Wasn't even mentioned. No, he wasn't. Yeah. I mean, in the Wonder Woman book, 
Well, I take that back. When Brian wrote it. Now, when the Finches took over, then, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, but I erased, like, the the Finches from, because it's just horrible. Yeah, it, became, it, became, with... it became the Fomance two, Part B, you know. Yeah, because they were fighting with sticks and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, hit me with a stick. I'm a Kryptonian. I don't know. Hey, yeah. a... I had yeah. I'm a Amazon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hit him with steel for heaven's sake. But I was sitting there going, okay, so Aries looks like Clark. Basically, if you put blue eyes on him, it'd be Clark. Mhm. Well, I will correct you on one thing. Liam Sharp has drawn uh, a Lois and Clark story. When? Superman, where is thy sting? Okay, how many decades was that? I'm just saying he has drawn clock and a and you compare that clock, clock to this to this Aries. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, they they do look pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, he didn't get to draw Clark now. Right. Okay. Yeah. But he still has one more book coming out, which is the twenty fifth, which is the uh, last no one. two. He has two books, still two Wonder Woman books coming out, twenty five and annual. Um, oh, that's right. Wonder Woman, yeah, Wonder Woman annual is drawn by Nicola Scott, Liam Sharp, and some other people, but it's a collection of stories that will um, fill in the gap. So, like, it'll address, in there is, is Clark and Lois. I've seen the preview for that. Um, it's in Metropolis. It's it's Clark and Lois. It's how Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman meet for the first time. Uh, so, obviously, after seeing Superman Reborn. Right. And when you hear Greg Rucker saying, you know, they did annual because they had to change some stuff because... Uh, you know, they got to know what is happening in Rebirth everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think that is going to be their full-in um, stories that Greg Rucker couldn't write because he's obviously leaving because he said that, you know, he can't handle the two comics a month because he's writing both. And, right, right. You know, and you could see that the the... the, the I don't want to say quality. Well, I'm just going to say the level of quality of storytelling got really boring in the after Nicola Scott left right. year one. Because yeah. like we weren't reading the even number books. We were reading the odd number books. Right. So, yeah. Um, I think the annual is going to... I think this is the story about her and her mother and all that and... In the annual and number 25, they're going to round up. He said that he's going to round everything up. So I uh, trust the man. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought he did a good job. You know, he brought the two, yeah, he brought the twins in. And you got to realize mm-hmm. that they were Aries dogs. Aries sons. <laughs> Aries dogs, man. Aries dogs. Yeah, but... um. I like that it's it's not um you know for so long we were complaining we had warrior woman yeah where she 
where she felt every problem could be solved with a sword. Um, I like that he brought in my favorite Wonder Woman arsenal tool, uh, other than the deflective bullets, is uh, deflective bullets, deflective bracelets, um, is the lasso of truth because Wonder Woman never really left with a sword in the original Sensations comics. Mm-hmm. She left with a she left with a lasso. She left with her bracelets and her tiara. And when you look at all those weapons, it's not weapons. It's um, you know, you deflect the bullets. You use the lasso to get truth out of things. And you know, the tiara you like throw and give somebody a headache. Um, it, it, she never used the whole like. Um, although she is an Amazon and I don't have a problem with her Amazonian heritage um, I hated New 52 Wonder Woman used to just pull out her sword for everything yeah and you know that's right you know this guy didn't give her ice cream and she pulls out her sword and wants to slit his throat Uh, and that's in Justice League like one or two you know it's like what you know, uh, before anything, Steve Trevor's telling her, wait, Diana, we need to assess the situation. And she's just like, I'm an Amazon, Steve. I go into battle. Wee! And she flings her sword at you. <laughs> I mean, no, no. You know, Jim Lee, and I'm going to say Jim Lee because I don't think that story was Jeff Johns. No. Um, Jim Lee didn't even draw her in some panels with her lasso of truth. She she was just swinging her sword at everything. And then she takes Aquaman's trident and, you know, she starts poking people. And, you know, it's like, okay, where's Diana, you know? Yeah, we called her Bubblehead. It's like, okay, Bubblehead showed up. We called her Tiara. (laughs) Well, that was later, but originally when we were reading Justice League, Back when was it 2011? Mm. We called her Bubblehead because mm-hmm. she was like, "Let's oh, yeah, fight!" Yeah. And I'm like, "Who is this? Let's fight! Who's this? Who's this bimbo?" I remember. I remember we started talking on Twitter when um, Smallville's finale was happening, and then we went into like New 52. And I remember I said, "Oh, Holly, is this what Wonder Woman is supposed to be like?" And you're like, "No, no." No. And I didn't even read that much Wonder Woman, but I knew that much. I mean, sitting there going, holy crap, what are they doing? Exactly. And Brian Azzarello's run wasn't all that much better because, you know, he had to make her the god of war. So, yeah, that concept, yeah. too. I mean, it was like, oh, we're going to change our characters to be absolutely horrible. Oh, I'm I'm the goddess of war, and I shall bring peace. And we're sitting there like, yeah, right. That works. How? How? What are you, the CIA? <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I enjoyed um, Wonder Woman 23 because, like I said, she doesn't solve the problem with a sword. Right. She solves the problem with love. And you and I complained about that how many times? There's not enough love right. in the world and in comics we need that especially 
So, yeah, bring the love on. Bring the love on. Right, because, well, and you know, Diana's compassionate. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a romantic love. It's the love of someone, you know, she knew they were in pain. It's yeah. humanity, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's having, yeah, it's having compassion towards fellow men. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I like the story of Aries and Aphrodite as well. Mm. Yeah, he made that very, yeah, there was like, you know, Aries to admit his weakness was Aphrodite because of her love that, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not it's not his weakness when you actually look at it, it's right. his strength. Exactly. Because without her love, he turned to war and he turned to madness. With her love, he became more, you know, he became a man, a proper man. Right. And, oh, I just love that. And he respects her because he calls her the mother of my children. Yeah, he doesn't just say, you know, here's my whore. (laughs) Kids are dogs, but she's great. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, this is my love, my lover, the mother of my children. Yeah. She is the only one that could, you know, I love that whole, like, he's a beast and she's the only one that could calm his soul down. Right. So romantic. It was. It was. I mean, when you make, okay, you know that you're a good writer when you make Aries, God of War, who's been so despicable for years and years mm-hmm. and years, into, like, the, one of the most romantic guys ever. Of course, he looks like Clark, so that helps, but. But I think work. now that you have now that you have pointed it out, now I put it, it in your help. brain. <laughs> I listen. I knew Aries was good looking when I saw him in that last panel. I was like, "Hello, where does God of War come from?" <laughs> I will admit it. Aries is good looking. Now well, I know why. Yeah, Aries was good looking on uh, Hercules and Xena too. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. you keep pointing. You keep pointing that one out to me. Yeah, um, baby, Kevin Smith. Yeah. He will always be yeah, my uh, Aries God of War. I'm Aries God of War. Damn it, I like I'm it. Aries. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> yeah, he would pound the table. Damn it, I like it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And he used to sit in that throne, you know, he was sling one leg over the arm of the chair and and wearing the leathers, you know. Damn. Mhm. <laughs> but yes, I do. I do like the clocky-looking Aries. Mm-hmm. I do like all the. I like all the love stories that Greg Rucker is bringing into this. Yeah. You know, you got Diana and Steve. You've got Aries and Aphrodite. But then you also have the mud, the love of a mother and a daughter between Kale and Hippolyta and Diana. Um, and then you just have, if you love. You know, if you if you give humanity love, they can heal. So good, so powerful. Yeah. Okay. So, what are we doing next? Uh, let's what are we doing next? Superman twenty three. Um, one uh, co- okay. One cover we have John falling through the air and it says powerless, and then the other one is Clark with machine guns hitting him. Bullets are flying everywhere. Mhm. Jorge, Jorge. Yeah, Jorge said he was going to do it in color, but then the black and white and red looked so cool. He yeah. just did that. <laughs> yeah. 
Everybody draws a good Superman. Mm-hmm. Check them abs out. Yeah, baby. Ooh, good spit curl, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, this is a creepy story. Because, you know, we've got so black goo. We've got, you know. Okay. So. Horrible. Horrible eat your hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, really. Horrible was boring. Um, so, we're in Hamilton County. <laughs> Apparently, the Kents didn't leave soon enough. Um, Aye, yeah. Because <laughs> in action, they're already in Metropolis. Um, so, Lois is sitting in, well, left of the Batmobile seat. <clears throat> and she, she's looking up at her friendly neighborhood organic farmer who's turned out to be a complete dweeb. She says, how could you do this to us? And he says, you can't see the big picture yet, Lois. And so Clark is down somewhere where he sees, you know, Batman and Robin in a tube. He goes, unconscious in that black goop. All of them can't take a chance on smashing the stasis tubes until I have a better handle on this. And so Lois asks, where's Jonathan and Clark? What have you done to them? Let me out of this chair. Put it down. Apparently it's in the air. And he says, everything will be answered in due time. And so Clark says, I left the boys together. Did John escape from whoever did this? I can't hear him or sense him anywhere. And Lois is like, you've been part of our lives. Kathy's been a big part of John's life, and the whole time you've been planning to hurt us. And Cobb says, we've got no intention of hurting you. This has actually been all about preparing you. Okay, preparing you for what? What is this? Explain yourself. So Clark's like- in there. Preparing you for the harvest or something. Yeah, really. For the next meal. <laughs> Who's going to eat me? <laughs> uh, so we see that Frankenstein and his bride are in the stasis tubes too, and Clark is examining what what apparatuses are within this, I guess, cave, I guess. Mm-hmm. And these wires are organic, part of the pods themselves. And Lois is like, prepare us for what, Cobb? Because for a new life, for a new world. Okay. And then she takes the bat mitten. (laughs) And she zaps him a good one. And she goes, I like this one just fine the way it is. And he goes, oh, his glasses fly off. And then he picks them out of the air and he puts them back on. He says, I had hoped it wouldn't come to this. But your husband left us no choice. And so he... Uh, clasps his hand, which clasps the badminton over her hand and starts to strangle it. And she goes, ah! And old, old super ears goes, oh, Lois! <laughs> and then it's, <laughs> boom! I love this shit. I don't... It's, I do. It's, he goes through the ceiling of the cave, you know, burning his way through with his heat vision... I mean, he is on the job, and then he comes up out of the ground and socks Cobb at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then catches Lois. Ooh. And so then, that's a big splash page, by the way. And then he grabs Lois as she's falling. He says, are you all right? And she goes, my hand tried to crush. He goes, I've got you. She goes, Jonathan? He goes, dance everywhere, can't zero in on him. What kind of parents are you if we can't protect our own? And then a big flying piece of something comes along, and Clark's standing over Lois and goes, Down! And so then Carl goes, Hello, Superman. Or should I say Clark? Whatever. 
And Clark's gritting his teeth and giving him the evil eyes. I don't care what you call me. <laughs> You've been lying to us from the start. I never trusted you, cop. He didn't, did he? No, he you didn't. Like, we were like, were you in a bad mood all the time with this guy? We were all, we were all like, Clark, take a chill pull, dude. <laughs> why organic so... milk farmer. <laughs> oh, gosh. And so he says, always had a gut feeling you were putting on a show. I blame myself for letting you and Kathy get so close to us. And this stuff coming down, flying out of the air, and Clark's just like lifting his arms and cracking the tree down on him. He just cracks it while he's talking. You know, like it's every day, you know. He says, enough of your telekinetic games. Oh, oh there's a big clue, telekinetic. Mm. Is Kathy a real girl? Rest assured, we're all real Superman. Elsewhere... So, Jonathan is sitting in a chair with a bunch of tubes hooked to it, of course, and sitting in front of monitors. It's kind of like that clockwork orange thing, right? He says, Mm -hmm. Kathy, Robin, are you seeing what I'm seeing? So he's looking at the battle between his dad and Mr. Cobb and what's happened to his mom. He says, it's what Mm -hmm. you see here. It's a voice, a disembodied voice, right, says, it's what you see here today that is of the utmost importance, my lad. And Jonathan's crying, and we see a black gloved hand hit the red release button, and he says, the failure of Superman. And so Jonathan lets loose with his um, heat vision, and it ricochets all over the place. He goes, show yourself, and then he gets zapped, and he, is, he screams out, and he goes, and so the voice says, room's covered in black mirrors. Just sit back, be safe, and watch your parents on the telly. Yeah, like we figured it out on page 11. Yeah. <laughs> if you hurt, so back to Clark and Cobb, he says, if you've hurt John in any way, and then Cobb socks Clark, he says, the last thing I'd ever do is hurt your son. And so Clark grabs a hold of him, he starts flying up in the air. He says, where is John? He says, I've been protecting him, nurturing him with Kathy. I love him as if he were my own. Everything we do, we do for, and then there's a giant scroom, and this giant insect thingy comes out of the ground, of course. And so Clark takes Cobb and wraps him up in what was left of the Batmobile seat, and he says, lives are at stake. <laughs> no time to waste with you. Last chance. Where's my son? He goes, safe. He says, you've betrayed my family. This isn't over. He says, and this can't hold me for long. That's why I suggest you take a nap. And so Clark like gives him a little frack. He slaps him. <laughs> he slaps him. And so then he takes Lois up in his arms, and there's some determined parents there. Those are some determined parents. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I that is a great picture of Clark. And Lois. And Lois. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, she says, "When did Hamilton become?" Uh, she says, "When did Hamilton become Ground Zero for Monster Central?" I can't just sit around, Clark. We need to find John. And so he flies off. He says, "I've got a feeling it's all tied together." Low, hang tight. I'll be right back. So, mm-hmm. can I just say I love the taking from the BVS mythology of Clark calling Lois low, right? Well, he, he didn't really have a nickname for her. He called her reporter every once in a while. But so do you, he always called her Lois. He always called her Lois, sweetheart, or um, once upon a time he called her Metropolis. 
Like, that don't fly. That don't fly. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, try again, small Yeah, Metro. Uh, yeah. You want to call her Metro? What? Why you what? That's mm-hmm. Too long, anyway. Mm-hmm. Ow, ow. It's a Dan Jurgens thing, though. Oh. Yeah, he apparently likes it. Yeah. Yeah. What's a Dan Jurgens thing? Low. Well, no, he didn't write this. Uh, but he wrote BVS. Oh, well, parts of it. Pop, he 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 um commented on the clock and lower stuff. Oh, okay. Which is why it's so good in the ultimate edition. Ooh. Yeah. I get a drink. Ah, and the dog wanted out, of course. Well, I'm reading. Mhm. Yeah, okay. my dogs are squealing outside because they're cold. I'm like, cover up! I gave you a blanket. <laughs> So, um, let's see. Clark says, I've got a feeling it's all tied together, low. Hang tight. I'll be right back. So, he goes off in this giant lobster. <laughs> lobster. <laughs> and the rescue crews are saying, it took out the support beams. Run! And so Clark grabs them all and says, hold on. Take cover, gentlemen. While I attend to, and then there's a big crack. He goes, no, what are you doing? And so there's these other beings there as well. Mm -hmm. He says, who are you? You slaughtered that creature. And why is that a problem, Superman? I protected my constituent. Mayor? Ever hear of preventative measures? Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Clark says, this is insane. And there's a yep. giant bat. And so he grabs up Lois and says, maybe John's over there. He says, no, he's not. But someone's taking the fight to that other creature. So, And Lois so drops Lois off again. She goes, be careful. And so somebody else is tackling this bat. And he says, stay down. Where's my backup? And then somebody else shows up and says, I'm here. And so Clark grabs up the the pedestrians. It says, no one's mm-hmm. going to be bat food today. Thanks, Soup. He goes, force the creature down. Expose its throat, yells this other guy. He goes, um, they, Clark- slice and, they slice and dice its throats. Yeah, and Clark says, take out both its wings. And so there's fight, fight, fight. Okay, so, so he's talking to these two things. They're kind of like people, but not quite. It's all falling mm-hmm. apart, Doc. This portal must be... He says, you didn't need to do that. He says, I'll handle the diagnosis here in Hamilton, if you don't mind, Superman. Dr. Brooks, Officer Haggard, but how? It hasn't been easy for the five of us to hold back our true potential, but we had to for Superboy's sake. And then one of them says, hostile coming, incoming. And there's another creature. I'm not sure what that is. Horny toad, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> this is your last chance to step up, Boy Scout. Protect those you care about and help us kill these monsters. And Clark says, there's always another way. Wrong. He showed us how to use true strength against evil, just like he'll show Superboy. And if someone's going to die, the super elite prefer it's them, not us. And Clark is mm-hmm. they're killing this other creature, and he goes, no. Lois is taking pictures with her cell phone. 
And she goes, super elite, John. And so then Clark's using his heat vision and says, Mr. Martinez, isn't it? You appointed yourselves authority, get it, or our figures around <laughs> my son to do what exactly? To teach him. Someday we will need him to succeed where you fail. Clark says, stand down. This creature lives until I get to the bottom of this, and who's in charge? And one of them says, stay out of our way, Superman. He goes, no, we could still talk. Well, there's no talking going on there. And mm-hmm. one of the shrapnel from one of them slicing and dicing one of the creatures hits Lois in the leg. She screams, oh, there's Clark with agony on his face when he hears Lois screaming, oh, my God, my woman. And Jonathan's mm-hmm. screaming, too, because he can see his dad going for his mom. And mm, he's crying for John. And Clark picks up Lois. His leg's been severed completely off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice to look at that for a while. Just hold in. Have to stop the blood loss. She goes, but my leg, I'm sorry, didn't see. And then she goes, take care of this, Clark, and let nothing get in your way of finding John. Understand me? He goes, I understand. Now hold my hand tight and scream as loud as you want. Oh, my gosh. And so he uses the heat vision very pointedly. And she screams because he is cauterizing her leg back on. Mm-hmm. She's screaming and screaming. She goes, I'm sorry, Lois. This is all my fault. And Lo- and Jonathan is screaming, Mom! And so he's still in the chair. He's still crying. And then we see a cigarette flare. And he says, I'm afraid I can't have you turn away. It's necessary you witness this. And so two hands come up. Uh, alongside Jonathan's head and hold him so he can watch. Action equals reaction. The time is to swallow. Anger is over. Why be sorry after the fact and let the past become our fate? And so we see Clark uh, holding Lois in his arms, and she goes, John, Jonathan. And Clark says, don't worry, baby, I'll find him. Oh, my God. But first, I'm getting you to a hospital. So he flies off with her. And so then we see Jonathan crying. And the black-handed leather guy says, Ouch. Sorry you had to watch that, John boy. But desperate times call for desperate measures. Anything less, and innocent people are bound to suffer. And your dad and I butted heads over it in the past. But he never would see it my way. Had to give up on the big blue Boy Scout, but you can be different. You can take what you've got. What it takes. Black is black, white is white. There's no. There's the innocent and the guilty. And then we see who this dude is. Hello. And Manchester Black says it's time we have a new Superman in town, mate. Oh yes. So. That means Hello. that. Oh, sorry. That means that uh, action seven seven six is back into play, and also the ending battle, right? Uh, seven seven five. And seven seven five. <laughs> sorry, I always think it's six. And yeah, ending battle. Yeah, and. I was reading this. I saw the feminazis going crazy on Twitter and Tumblr and 
Lois's leg being severed off. And I'm like, they wouldn't do that. And, you know, it's like... Which one's that? All the people... No, like, all the people are like, oh, now Lois is going to be, you know, legless. And legless. Fire to back up there. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was just going to ask you, did he... Did he Stitch it back together, you know. Um, yeah, I cauterized it back on. That's what I thought, but people said, oh, it's unnecessary. You're treating Lois like a damsel. And I'm like, oh. Oh, my gosh. She wasn't a damsel at all. She wasn't, exactly. She's helping Clark find their son. And I don't know. I like Manchester Black as a Superman villain. Uh, one second. Yeah. Yeah, I do too because um, he gives him a run for his money. Black has all these, you know, powers of the mind and emotions and stuff that, you know, brute force just can't contend with. But because Clark has a keen mind and a big heart, he can battle um, Manchester Black. I hope everything's okay on Tej's end. Um. So, yeah, so Manchester Black is back in the running. The reason I kind of giggled at authority is the elite, as it became known, was, which Manchester Black's posse were based on, somewhat based on the authority, which was an image, you know, Jim Lee's image from branded with under the uh, Jim Lee image brand. Mm-hmm. I think that was Warren Ellis, wasn't it? It was Warren Ellis. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm fine. Thank okay. you for, for being concerned. Um, just talking to my mother. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like Manchester Black as a Superman villain. I like him a lot more than Lex Luthor. Oh, um, yeah. Because he he goes after Clark's heart. And yeah. when that happens, it's a good story. Yeah. Because... You know, there's only so much you can test Superman with his strength. But when it comes to his mind and his, you know, soul and heart and that sort of thing, that's where you truly test him. So, right. Yeah, I like Manchester Black. I like Action 775. I like ending battle um, because Superman's, um, what's the word, conviction wins over Manchester Black. And he's like, dude, I put you through the ringer. I killed, you know, killed, quote unquote, killed everybody you love. And you still didn't, you know, you didn't injustice me over here. You didn't step over that line. And which is why I say injustice is flawed. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, real, the real person in injustice that would step over that line is Batman. Let's admit it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I like Manchester Black as a. You know, I don't like him. Uh, I like stories that generally, when you put Manchester Black in a Superman story, it's a good story. Yeah. Well, and Black is not an apologetic villain either. I mean, he's no, cruel. He's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his rape. Yeah, Lois's mind and emotions was 
horrific. Mm-hmm. And then he basically raped Clark's mind and emotions when making think that Lois died. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah, uh, Manchester Black is a villain at the end of the day. He's not... You know, uh, the the line that he actually says here, everything's black and... Black is black, white is white. And he embodies that. He is evil. He doesn't apologize. There's, there's no mercy behind it. There's no sad origin story. There's no um, anything. He just develops these powers and he uses them for bad things. Didn't he develop his powers because of a tumor or something and Clark burned it out? Mm, the uh, the the story changes. Uh, his origin story is very complicated. Um, he tells a different story. He tells the sad origin story. But his real origin is that um, he had a mutation from radiology and from radiation uh so whereas it would have turned into like a you know tumor or whatever it turned into a mutation that gave him his telekinetic powers right telekinetic and telepathic powers right yeah and then clark sees that um you know he x-rays him x-ray visions him and he sees the Whenever he uses his powers, one part of his brain activates, and so he lobotomizes him. Or he lobotomizes that part. He sizes it out. But Manchester Black then takes a mutagen, which helps him to get super fast healing powers, and that part grows back, which is why he comes back in ending battle. Ah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They made an animated version of 775. Superman vs. the Elite, one of my favorite animated stories. Everybody should watch it. So good. Yeah, that's probably one of the last ones that was any good. Mm, (laughs) Superman Unbound. Superman Unbound was the last one that was good. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But I think Elite was the next to last, wasn't it? Mm Mm-mm. They ended with... Superman Unbound. No, next to the last. Like the one before oh, yeah. the last. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was that. Then it was one of the Justice League movies. Yeah, but I don't count uh, that. Justice, Justice League Doom. Oh, yeah, blah. Yeah. But that was a good story. It was, I like uh, Tower of Babylon. Because it shows how crazy Batman is. Can't trust him. True, <laughs> true, true, true. Um, yeah. Okay. So, be interesting to watch Black Manchester do his thing, Manchester Black do his thing. Um, okay. Black Manchester. Whichever. Four, five. Okay. Four, six. And we did the flash already. Um, so the last one is actions 979 and 980. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good thing we got them both. We can read them all together. Right. And I'm sitting there going, what happened? Okay. Oh, why do I do that? I 
this. Okay, so now they're teaming. They're yeah, teaming up Superman villains mm-hmm. to go against him. Uh, you know how I like villains. Mm. And the villains are on the cover, of course. You know, on one they're just by themselves him together, and the other one they got him. You know, Cyborg Superman's holding him. Not the original Cyborg Superman, I might add. Hank Henshaw. Uh, holding him over his head. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to love Gary Frank's art. Okay. Even Clayman. Clayman drew a good cover. Even though it has the villains. Right. I love, uh, I love Cyborg Superman's stance there. So here's... Here's who we have on the covers. We've got Mongol, Blank, uh, the Eradicator, Cyborg Superman, and Metallo. Mm-hmm. And that's everybody on the other cover as well. Yep. So Mongol, <laughs> yeah, that whole New 52 Mongol, you know, he ran away from Batman. War, yeah, War World. Him and Non ran away from Batman because Batman was in Fortress of Solitude, and him and War World was in yeah that all that crap. And Superman ended up in craters all the time. I don't know what the fetish with craters in Superman was, but apparently there was a lot. Um, it was Mongo, where, he, where they wanted his sales. <laughs> really, he's in a crater. Okay, so Mongol is, like, beating the crap out of Superman. And we're back to having Clark have leg hair and arm hair. Hello! Mm. So, fight, 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 fight. And then, you know, somebody says Mongol, and then it's the Eradicator. Because Mongol has actually got the Black Mercy on him. So Superman left here to dream, enslaved by the Black Mercy flower. But we have... A need for you, provided you have a thirst for revenge. Now, to the good part. Clark and Lois are looking yes. at apartments in Metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> Clark, Lois, come in. I'm so excited for you to see this apartment. It was most it has most everything you asked for, and Lois says, It certainly has potential, Jen. Clark says, No doubt. Would you mind if we discuss this privately? Of course, I'll be in right inside. Okay. So they are actually connecting Trinity, I'm sorry, they're connecting Trinity 1 through 6, which was written by Francis Manipole, to Mongol being mm-hmm. under the Black Mercy spell, which I thought was cool. Because that was yeah. a good story. Yeah. And they're continuing I that love, in Trinity. I love Trinity 1 to 6. Yeah. Yeah, and Trinity now is also went back to the first six issues, sorry, to two. So. Yeah. Yep. So, Clark, moving back to Metropolis after all that time in Hamilton County, John will have a hard time adjusting. She goes, he goes, Lois says, I know he loves it upstate, Clark. Our time there, while we've wi- wanted a quieter life, has been perfect. But now that we're both back at the planet, the commute has simply gotten to be too much. <laughs> I warned you guys about that. <laughs> 500 miles away in a bullet train to take him hours. Come on. It'll be tough at first, but I think John will adapt fine. 
I should know. As an army brat, I moved all over the country. You're the one who had the luxury of growing up in one house. He goes, though my first home was about 27 light years away. <laughs> she goes, I hate it when you try to one-up me. He goes, nobody one-ups Lois Lane ever. She goes, damn right. I love these two. These two are great. So, uh, Clark says, nice place. Feels like it could be a good fit. She says, complete with a room for John and a study with two desks. If we decide to work at home, he goes, Jen was right. It has everything we asked for. For for John, you and me. What about you-know-who? Being on the top floor helps. I can rig some kind of access panel into the roof. In an emergency, I can just use the balcony. It's cute that you worry about these things. When When you could move faster than anyone might see in the first place, no matter... How hard you try, you can't put a force field around us. He goes, he grabs her and holds her, and he says, I know, I know. I'm just excited by the prospect of living in a metropolis again. I've missed city life. And Lois says, it'll give us the chance to expose John to some different ideas and cultures. What I'm saying is, okay, this panel is awesome because, you know, you've got Clark and Lois in the forefront. You know, they're holding each other. And then in the background, you've got... Daily Planet, probably LexCorp's there somewhere. All that big giant L thing. And, you know. The big giant L building. Yeah, the big giant L thing. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's like, oh, God, they're back. Thank you. So, Lois says, this feels right, Clark, like home. And he says, I feel the same way. Shall we make it official? She says, definitely. I'm glad we could take advantage of your downtime. Because it never lasts for long. I like that Lois Lane has her own narrative boxes and her own symbol. And her own symbol. Mm-hmm. So, so they go back to the Himalayan fortress, which was post-crisis Superman's fortress. Mm-hmm. And so they go, what is this place? Why have you brought me here? He says, Earth, a Himalayan refuge Superman used for storing that which was dangerous. Our leader wants us to retrieve something of great value. And then somebody, oh, blank, is thinking, and I'm the one who knows where it is. Bah, I follow no white, no one white hair. Take me home, says Mongol. The name is blank, Mongol, and if you want no telepathy, if you want to cu- communicate with me, speak. And so Eradicator's like, focus on the mission. We come for the Oblivion Stone. Oh, we're back to the Oblivion Stone. Round and round we Finally. Go. Finally, that story comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Jurgen's bringing it back. The stone exists? I thought it was a rumor. It's real. All right. All right. And it's here. And it is as good as ours once we clear the rubble. Eradicator says, exercise caution. We mustn't bury the stone further in our haste. So they're trying to get it out of the ground. Legend says, the stone has the ability to alter any aspect of the possessor's life once. Now, wait a minute. Okay. Legend says, the stone has the ability to alter any aspect of the possessor's life once, provided its twin pieces are combined, that is. Okay. So, what would that mean for story? Ah, uh, anything. I mean, that can go back to uh, which crisis did Grant Morrison write? Final crisis. Oh. All right. 
uh, yeah, and Superman uses the miracle machine. Right. Make one wish. Everything changes. Everybody gets a happy ending. Yay. Anything. Anything's possible. Okay, so we've got this change where, you know, Clark and Lois are together. After ten, after the ten years of DC story so far, mm-hmm. that includes the five-year gap, which we never got to see. Um, I don't know. Interesting. So something's going to change. Wonder when that'll be. November. <laughs> November. Says, oh, it's down there, all right. All its potential power, mine. No, Mongol, our leaders. Okay. So they see it hanging in, half of it hanging in the case the clerk put it in. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your some leader I've never met. You'll think differently once you face to face with him. I don't know if you've noticed, but it looks to me like it's only half there. Half or whole, it will never be yours, Blank. Well said, Dratania. Okay, so there's these two peeps in the, what? They used to be the, they're hanging out in the forges, or were they in the, Phantom Zone, but they weren't evil. No, yeah, they were in the the, the Himalayan fortress because they um, they were injured, and Clark kept them there. But they they guard his fortress mm. okay. as payback. Because he's like, you're not monsters. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to help you heal and save you. Right. The blank says, Ah, my fellow residents. Stashed next to me when Superman imprisoned me here. I thought you two stranded travelers would be long dead by now. What do we do with them? I say we play, says Blank. All right. Back to Metropolis. So the realtor says, congratulations, you two. I'm sure you'll be very happy here. She goes, it's perfect for us, Jen. Not to mention the money you just made selling it to them. Okay. (laughs) So Clark's looking up at their, looks like the Dakota. In New York. And they're on the top floor. Mm-hmm. So he says, Penny, for your thoughts? She says, I'm thrilled, except for breaking the news to John. I'm not sure how he'll take it. And Clark says, well, we'll show it to him soon. Make him feel part of the process and get him excited about it. About, she has something wrong? Intruder alarm at the Himalayan refuge. She says, go. Well, he's already running. He says, hold my wedding band, okay? Okay. Good thinking, Clark. Although you should have a compartment in your cape for that thing. Because remember that story uh, where he forgot to take it off? Uh, there's the a story where he forgot to take it off. There's also the story where he lost it because his pocket had a hole. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. So, says the world doesn't need to know that Superman is married. Dun, dun, dun. So may- well, that's going to be kind of hard to Include John if they don't make him married anymore. All right. I'm just saying. Still the green background on the super shield for narrative boxes. Once once John was born, we had to make sure my Arctic Fortress would be the ultimate safe house. I needed a backup, a place to store dangerous items, weapons, artifacts, and much as I hated doing it, a temporary prison for blank. Have a couple of interdimensional traveler friends staying there too. They're stranded here, unable to return home. Or survive in Earth's atmosphere. Kryptonian artificial atmospheric peck has kept them alive while I looked for a place 
they could survive. So far, I've come up empty. And he flies over Metropolis. Dun, dun, dun. The alert about a helicopter snooping around the area came in a couple of days ago. But Kellex 2, not the original apparently, sent the all clear <laughs> signal, and there were other mitigating circumstances that I had to attend to. See Action 974, Superman Reborn, for the full story. Have to hope, have to hope something hasn't gone horribly wrong. So he's doing a little bit of sightseeing while he's going here. He's got the desert, the mountains, he has the blank. That blank is still in his cell, and damn. How? Who could have done this? No indicates it didn't just happen. It must have happened around the time of the first alert. But why would Kellex signal everything was okay? And so we see, like, almost a beheaded Kellex. Cow, cow, cow. He goes, Kellex, what happened here? He goes, blah, blah. Blank, fourth, all clear message. Took the, 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 oblivion stone. Okay. Gone. Blank, blank of the others. He wasn't alone. Try to stop. And so then we see uh, Klon and Dratanya. Uh, Klon uh, apparently has been stabbed to death. And Dratanya kind of like, I don't know, atomic bombed. So, Clark has a moment of mournfulness to his friends. And so then Kellogg starts up again. Errat- Eradicator, Imamon! Wherever they've gone, wherever they're hiding, they'll answer for what they've done here. Okay, so Clark can piss off. The moon, near the landing of Apollo 15, hiding like children on a desolate moon, cowards. Okay, not hiding. We took over Batman's moon base to wait until the time is right. About time you got back. Get the trinket. If you're talking about the stone, I'm not your errand boy. I suggest you get on your knees, says Mongol, and kiss my hand. Okay. Is it because I do not take orders from an insignificant human? Insignificant? You don't recognize me? No memory of Hank Henshaw? What? Or who I used to be? I'll tear out your spine. See if I recognize that. Radicator says, put him down. And he blasts him. He says, go, I'll kill all of you. Okay, so. And miss my transformation, says Sunshine. I've yearned for this moment, you see. When both halves of the stone will be mine, primed for reunification, so it can grant me what I would desire most, to be rid of this frail human shell, return to what I was. And he starts pulling, peeling his face off. Powerful, invincible, glorious. You once swore loyalty to me as my servant. Okay. Cyborg Superman. Okay. And he gets blasted for his trouble, Mongol. And he says, you called me insignificant. Ordered me to kiss your hand. Okay, so then the fight starts. And then Metallo says, these lovers have a history. And then Eradicator says, indeed, they do, Metallo. Back when Superman died, they almost succeeded in exterminating all life on Earth. Like a... That's what I call art. Okay, fine. And greatness is restored. You know what you have to do, Mongo. So apparently, Hank Henshaw, Superman, Cyborg, Superman is wearing a necklace. Mm -hmm. And Mongo says, not this time. He says, think very carefully. You know what I'm capable of. He says, we are complete, says Eradicator. Not yet. There's one more out there who can elevate us to the level even gods could not destroy. To ensure true victory, we must liberate 
the Kryptonian called Zod. Okay, and so the next issue is the assault on the Suicide Squad. Okay. You want to do 980? Mm, Okie dokie. Revenge. Uh, So we have a cover of the Suicide Squad is down. And uh, they're at Belvive, and Zod is looking over his shoulder, and we can see Cyborg of a man. And then I don't get the, the variant cover because, well, this doesn't happen. But it's a cool variant cover, I suppose, if you're fans of that. I guess. And Harley Quinn is plunking on Cyborg Superman's head, and he's not flinching. Okie dokie, so we get a splash page of cyborgs. You knew me as Hank Henshaw, but you may call me Cyborgs of the Man. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, he recaps what happened in the previous issue, but we just read that, so I don't have to ah. recap that. Right? Yeah, he's literally, he's like, I collected Mongol, Metallo, Blank, Eradicator, blah, blah, blah. Oh! Um, Sorry. <laughs> Trying to walk across the room, Doug blangs his head in my knee. Ugh. This one's to trip you. Um. Okay, so then we have the original Cyborg Superman story. This dude was created during the um death of Superman. I was like, what's that story called where Superman died? Um. Okay, so this is when the internet was first being created and Cyborg Superman gets sucked into the internet thanks to a cosmic something, cosmic wave. And um, he and his wife and his wife's brother and like the team were going up into space to... Um, study solar flares and the solar flare flares at them and he gets stuck in the computer his wife dies and everybody else dies and he becomes one with the internet uh yeah that's cyborg Superman for you and so blah 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 you know uh, recap 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 uh, okay, we need Zod. Right, there we go. Caught up. Metropolis. Uh, Superman narration boxes. Blank, Mongol, the Eradicator. Destroyed my backup facility in the Himalaya. Blank and Eradicator. No, I'm Clark Kent. They know about Lois. They know about John. Before I go after those mergers, I have to make sure my family is safe. Revenge, part two. And... Um, John is wearing a Metropolis Monarch's cap and he's in their their apartment and he's like, I don't like this place. Hamilton County is better. I think we should have stayed there. And Lo says, we all love it in Hamilton, but your father feels like it's time to move back to Metropolis. He says, why? Crypto and Ranger like the farm? And those the farm was 
special John no question but we needed to be the city to we needed to be in the city to manage our work lives better and John says what's most important is dad being Superman he can do that anywhere and Lois says being Superman is just one important part of your father's life our work at the Daily Planet is important too it's Another way to make a difference in the world. And he says, but all my friends are in Hamilton. You'll make plenty of friends here, John. I'm sure of it. And Clark comes in, flying through all Superman up, and he's like, are you okay? No, says, Clark, if someone saw you fly in, he says, not at the speed I was going. And John's like, Dad, do we really have to move? He says, we'll talk later about it, champ. And John says, not fair. That's another way of saying yes. Lois looks up concerned at Clark, and she says, I can see something's wrong. What is it? He says, the backup fortress was destroyed by Eradicator, and she says, the Eradicator's alive? It's resurrected somehow. To make matters worse, he's teamed up with Mongol and Blink. It's like those monsters together? Can you, I mean, can you, and he's like, handle them? No problem. John looks up at his father and says, well, I can help. That way it'll be again three against two. He says, your job is to watch, your, watch over your mother, hang around the apartment a while. It's new, so they don't know where to look here. And Lo says, you wouldn't say that unless... He says, everything will be fine, but I have to take care of them before they hurt anyone else. And he up, ups and away, and he says, I'll have this wrapped up by morning. Thought boxes. I can't fool Lois. Never could. She knows this is serious, but we'll hide that for John. While I do what I can to track them down. Uh, okay, now we're in the Justice League Watchtower. Batman. I didn't expect to find you here, Clark. Trouble? There's always big trouble. On the loose. But nothing I can't handle. Batman, anyone I know? Mongol Blank and the Eradicator. And Batman, you should check your moon fortress. I mean, that's where they're hiding. Don't you have an alarm system? Um, Batman, considering the Eradicator's unique energy signature... Um, then they track them down to Bell Reef Penitentiary, and there's some kind of black dome over it, so they can't see in. Uh, Batman, they popped up a short while ago. I've also had Wayne Tech satellites taking security measures. And so then they talk about Amanda Waller. Just like <laughs> Bruce is, I know how you feel about Waller. Are you sure the invasion you seem to be mounting is only about your adversaries? Adverse adversaries. And Clark is blackmailing her own people, planting explosives in their heads and threatening them so that they'll take orders. It's wrong, Bruce. Batman. I don't like it either. Um, but now might not be the right time. Like it or not, they're doing some good. Only because Waller has guns pointed at their head. 
the ends really justify the means. Um, okay, okay. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Batman, deet, deet, deet. He says, the locator has a lock. They go into the security footage. And Eradicator is trying to blast the black dome. He says, they're breaking in? Why? What could he possibly want at Bellevue? And so Bruce says, I'll hook up the transporter and I'll meet you there soon. He says, no, eradicate the Kryptonian problem. If I need help, I'll call. Until then, he's mine. Oh, Bellevue Penitentiary, the Black Dome. Um, I did not read Suicide Squad 18. Eddie. Um, I didn't either. So the, I didn't. I'm not going to read Suicide Squad 18. Uh, <laughs> so the Eradicator and Cyborg Superman enter the black dome thing. And okay, let's see what Eradicator says. It's a barrier so unique in its properties imbued with a Nullification forces of the fan- of the phantom zone itself. That's it's capable of rendering even the strongest mind insane. As an artificial Kryptonian construct, we are impervious. You, with your human memories and haunting fears, won't be. I will guide us to General Zod. And so then we go through um, what I basically just explained about Eradicator's origins. Um, I suppose Dan Juggins did this for all those people who have not read The Reign of the Superman. Uh, yeah, so Cyborg Superman goes through like um, I don't know, what what would you call this? Oh, your mind has fallen into the abyss. There we go. And so he's being tortured. She sees the Excalibur ship. Um, he sees his friends. He sees his wife. You know, being zapped by the solar flare. Died in the crash. We should have died in the crash, but we survived. Changed, turned into streaks. They feared us. They called us monsters. They sent Superman to kill us. Um. Yeah, eventually my body my body withered away. They thought I was dead, but he, like I said, he transferred his mind to the internet. And he basically hopped into different um, robots. Uh, his wife got freaked out, jumped to her death. And so then Eradicator says, resist your fears and nightmares. They'll bury you. Um... Cyborg Superman says, when Doomsday killed him, I stepped in, I took his place, but people knew something was wrong. And so the Eradicator just pulled Cyborg Superman out. He says, there, the vault is behind us. Now we find Zod. <laughs> so Clark flies in headfirst into the black dome. Um, he says, whatever this barrier is... It's the black my- vault. What they call it? The Black Vault. And it reminded me of Vault 7 that come 
you know, it's all the secrets of the deep, deep state. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so the Black Vault, uh, so Cox says, whatever it is, it blocks my vision powers, can't see through it, can't, only choice is to go through it. Nah, Clark, he could have thought of something else. And so then he falls into the abyss of bad fear memories and all that. Somebody's like, Clark, is that you? How could you let this happen to us? How could you let us die? It's your fault. You had the power to save us, but you didn't. It's like, I mean, smoking? And so then we see Martha and Jonathan Kent, Graves. Then they become zombies and they start horrifying him. Your fault. You're a failure. Let us die. They sound like Lana Lane. Uh, and Cox's like, I'm sorry. I tried to. I tried to. And then he's like, wait, what? And then we see Cyborg Superman's hand is holding his neck, not his parents. He's like, Henshaw? Cyborg Superman says, that makes today a bargain. Oh, uh, he says, oh, I came here for someone else, but if I get you, that makes today a bargain. You can call me Cyborg Superman. Uh, narration boxes. I expected to see the Eradicator here, but Henshaw too? Is this even real? Um, you should have had it. Okay, so Cyborg Superman's doing the villain thing and he's like, you know, you should have killed me while you had the chance, blah, blah, blah. Cox, I give it true. Somehow Cyborg Superman lives again. And he heat visions him. I don't know how you managed to come back. I won't let you win. And fight, fight, fight. Uh, Eradicator throws some kind of energy at him. And he bowling balls Eradicator into Cyborg Superman. Says, I won't let I won't let you. Not now, not ever. And Clark says, I've lost. I'm dizzy. I've lost all sense of equilibrium. Everything feels upside down. And so then the Black Vault is taking over again. And Eradicator pulls Cyborg Superman. He says, you're clearly not thinking right. You're clearly not thinking. That's why I came here. We need to find Zod. He's the key. No. Lois Lane is the key. Um, joke. Yeah. Uh, why would Zod be at Bell Reef? Oh, we have to read Suicide Squad 18. Okay. Oh. Apparently, the the Black Vault is um linked to. Remember that guy that the Suicide Squad fought with the Justice League? What's his name? Eclipso. Yeah. That dude. It's linked to him, and then it's linked to the Phantom Zone thing, and they somehow release Zod. Oh. Yeah, apparently Zod's, Zod's never been released from the Phantom Zone, so... Romance 1 to 6 never happened. There you go. Mm. 
Okie dokie. Uh, where was that? Oh, so the black vault thing is taking over Clark's mind again. He sees the zombies. It's your fault. It's your fault. And then we get a big splash page of all the zombies attacking Clark. And everyone you love, everyone you care about dies. Yeah. So is that Jarrell and Laura there? Okay, from left to right, I'll go around. Um, it's John, Lois, Jorel, Lara, Jimmy, yeah, uh, Martha, J- uh, Jonathan, Martha, Lana, and Perry. I don't see Lana. Mm, Lana's there. Oh yeah, there she Superwoman, is. Superwoman, Superwoman, Superwoman. Perry, yeah. But she has an insect queen. Never mind. Never mind. Who knows about that? Right. Okay. So there's that. So, um, yeah. I don't know why they're doing this. I don't know why. Apparently Batch is going to help him out, right? Well, if if Superman calls him. Oh, yeah, yeah like that. that. You know he's gonna show up even You stay in that you stay in that watchtower Batman till I call you. <laughs> you better stay there Like that's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh let's see. So this Wednesday oh, it's the thirty first, so there may not be much going on. Um Mm-mm. we have Wonder Woman annual number one. And Batman and Superman are on the cover. Mhm. Why? Trinity annual number one. You would, ex- and the Trinity is on the cover, which makes sense. Um. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Flash twenty three. We got Green Lantern and Flash on the cover. Who's Green Lantern? Jessica Cruz. Huh? Who's Green Lantern? It looks like Hal. Oh, okay. I thought it was the Jessica Cruz. Yeah, no, not TV. her. Not her. No. Oh. Green Iris West. Teen Titans Annual, the Lazarus Contract, number one. Oh, so all the annuals are coming out next week. Yeah, because it's the oddball week. Mm-hmm. So we'll do low slain triple threat next week. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Let's see. Direct Currents number two, Top Secret, comes out Wednesday. I've been waiting for that thing for I don't know how long. Six months? Yeah, they came out with one and then nothing after that. Right. I hope maybe they changed everything, probably. Uh, Wonder Woman by John Byrne, book one. Uh, Wonder Woman by John Byrne? Yeah. It's got Doomsday on it. John, yeah, I, I know John who Burden. Sorry, that is. Huh? I know who I've I've heard of that story. But Doomsday <laughs> wasn't in when John Byrne was was around. Oh, dog! Uh, somebody did something. Um, no, it. I think it was in like ninety nine two thousand one ish. That's when they did the story. What? Of what? The John the John Byrne Doomsday Wonder Woman story. Um, Joker comes to town and 
all that happened. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that one. Mm. Oh, not very good. Not very good. You tell the weather's warmed up. Everybody's outside doing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's freezing here. Yeah, no. You're pretty quiet over there, aren't you? Okay. Uh, so yeah. it looks like we'll be doing maybe a couple annuals and the basic Lewis Lane triple threat. Yay! Yep. Ooh, there's noises happening outside. Uh-oh. So, well, we did pretty good for doing three weeks of comics and... This amount of time. Yeah, we didn't even bother to read half of them. <laughs> oh, fine. Tells you we don't have to read any of. We don't have to read half of them. <laughs> not important. Yeah, not till they get their act together, at least. Mhm. Just cancel Insect Queen Lana. <laughs> Justice. I'm just gonna look through. Ju- oh, that was the endless story. Uh huh. Mhm. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Was Clark even in here? I don't remember. Yeah, Clark's in there. And you don't get to do much. Oh, except be attacked. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, I'm going to bed. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Tash, for a good show. Thank you for... Always being there and make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and and for reading and for reading, insect queen Lana. <laughs> it's a waste. It's really a waste of paper. It's a waste even of digital space. Yeah. So anyway, well, good night, everybody, and we'll be back next week. And everybody have a read good comics. Night. Yeah. Good night. Bye bye. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 